Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, in case you didn't know, which I hope by now, with it being 20 episodes, you should know who I am. Because, I mean, it is Magic with Zuby, not Magic with Ron Paul or Magic with, you know, David Blaine, which that would be awesome. Ooh, get David Blaine on the show, and, you know, we play Magic together. He's playing some Magic tricks while I'm playing my Grixis Delver and just proceed to smash his face with Delver of Secrets, but then he somehow still beats me because Grixis Delver right now sucks in modern. God. But anyways, so today's episode is probably the longest episode I've ever recorded. It's, um, yeah, it, it's just really long. I We were not planning at all for it to be this long. And it's all about Commander. I mean, we talk about some other stuff, but it's all about one of the... Probably one of the most fun formats in Magic that, you know, is out there. It's, it's all about Commander. So much to do about EDH. And I brought on my good friend Emery who is known around here as sort of like the, the EDH king you know, or the or as he called it himself the EDH god but you shall hear and see for yourself so before we get into it let's get off a little bit of some announcements magic wazubi is featured on legitmtg.com i definitely urge everybody to check them out they have a wealth of content in terms of articles and podcasts, too, because I'm on there. You know, shameless little plug. I mean, well, you're listening to this, so why would you not listen to this on it legitmtg.com? Whoa. Mindception or podcastception. Whoa. Explosions happening in the mind of the Mary. Um, yeah. So, anyways, so like I said, definitely check out legitmtg.com. They have, like I said, a lot of articles. The The writers are awesome on there. A lot of in-depth stuff. And just seriously, just check them out. All, all you got to do is just go there. Like, oh, just go. Go now. Are you there yet? Are you there yet? No, you're not? Well, go. Okay. So, um, what's also really cool is they have a storefront, too, where they sell singles, um, you know, for magic, I mean, they even have Yu-Gi-Oh singles too. If you're into Yu-Gi-Oh, um, and it's just like seriously, just they have whatever cards you probably need for standard modern, whatever they probably have it. And if you don't, or if they don't, then I'm sorry. Maybe you can email them to ask if when they can get it in. Um, but what's probably my favorite thing about them when you're buying singles from them, they don't charge shipping if it's over two dollars which that is super handy to have because I know I've been to some websites and bought singles and it was just, you know, maybe a couple dollars worth of cards, like two, three bucks. And then you have to pay $3 in shipping. And so it turns out to be like a six, $7 transaction. You're just like, really? What I could have gone down, you know, the street to my shop and buy the same cards, but you know, I wanted the ease of comfort buying online. But, and now you're just charging me an arm and a leg for shipping, but no, definitely check them out and if you need some singles and you're just looking for some cheap singles too you know go go to legitmtg.com so 
M- Magic with Zuby is now found on legitmtg.com. You can also find Magic with Zuby on Twitter at Magic with Zuby. My personal Twitter is at Zubatron, Z U B A T R O N. Um, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Magic with Zuby. And you can, um, uh, oh yeah, my website, magicwithzuby.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Oh, God, I'm probably missing one. Oh, yeah, you can email me any questions. I'm happy to read any questions on the air. Um, mtgzuby at gmail.com. So if you want to send me anything, you know, I'll be happy to answer and read it on, read it on the air. So, you know, there's that. It's also need to do a shout out to my other podcast, VCR Gaming. We are, you know, couple episodes in and we're just having a blast with it it's my friend and i we're both his name's matt we're both named matt so we're the super matt bros and we just talk you know a lot about gaming video gaming old games new games up games down games left games right games and it's not really funny but i'm trying to be funny but it's not really working so we're gonna try it anyway and you'll hear it on the air and just wonder what is going on anyways um vcr gaming check them out twitter facebook vcr gaming um instagram it's on google play itunes stitcher shout engine tune in radio oh that's right magic Zubies on all those formats as well so yeah, both podcasts that I do, they're on, you know, Shout Engine, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music. So there is no excuse at all to not be listening to either of these. If you just cuz you don't have an iPhone, boom, go to Google Play Music, boom, find it. Oh, I don't like Google Play Music. I like Stitcher. Boom, there it is. Um you can't see me making hand gestures right now, but I am every time I say boom. And Oh, God, what else? Shout Engine. Boom, there it is. Oh, and yeah, so I check them out. Every, all of them. Do it right now. So, as I said before, this is an interview with my good friend Emery, and he is the god of EDH, as he proclaims. So, just listen for yourself, and seriously, listen to it all. It's awesome. Hey man, going on? Oh, not much. How about you? Uh, hanging out. Does it sound okay? It sounds a little low. Is this better? Ooh, yes, very. Okay. All right, man. How's it going, man? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I just got done with school, so it's been it's been crazy. Studying for a big test to get my national registry. Oh, yeah. What are you going to school for again? Uh, EMT. EMT. That's all. So what are you going to be doing with that? Just, um, I guess, what, driving ambulances or? For the most part, uh, you do EMT, then I'm going to go to fire so I can actually be a, a firefighter EMT. Oh, that's right. My um, my sister's husband does that. He he had to do EMT for so many years and then went, now he's a fireman. Right. And, um. Yeah, he he's he. They're down in Sarasota, so 
he says it's very rare that they even get a fire nowadays. Oh yeah, that's how it was when I did my clinicals for uh, school. We had one fire call and it was just like nosy neighbors. They're like, yeah, this guy's garage is on fire. He was grilling in his garage because it was raining. <laughs> It's on oh, fire. Geez. It's on fire right now. He's dying in there. Oh, God. Garage doors wide open. We pull up ambulances, you know, sirens and stuff like that. And he just holds up a, a wiener. Hey, you guys want some? Like, oh, jeez. It, it was terrible. And I got excited because it was my first fire. You know, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. This is great. Pull up and it's, you know, little old man Melvin barbecuing <laughs> oh so are you planning on being local when you finally get you know done with emt and firemen and all that i'm not sure um someone actually put in perspective for me there i was on a clinical and he was like you know i didn't want to work where i grew up because i didn't want to see my friends and their families you know going through trouble and getting sick and all that but at the same time I mean, I don't like driving. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I drive to Tampa every day, and it's just, it's not fun. Ugh, yeah. I didn't do that. I mean, I'm, I'm so used to it now. I've been doing it for over five years, but there's just some days where I'm just, fucking kill me now, please. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, to each their own. I'm used to it, so. I, I get plenty of time to listen to podcasts, at least. Yeah. So, I get a lot of that done so basically i wanted to bring you on and just for our listeners to know emery here he is sort of our local edh legend he is what we call i, I mean we, we don't really I, I don't have a nickname or i don't know your nickname or anything it's just we i i at least think of you as like the edh king of our town i guess oh shucks <laughs> it's god but you know king is okay i guess Oh, I am so sorry, sir. Most most <laughs> plebs don't understand the difference. <sighs> and one of the other cool things is that I've been on tappedout.net for a long time now, like three, well, to me, it's a long time, three to four years now. And you told me something that's quite interesting because you, you said you frequent that site a lot. What What's something that you can tell the users that you do on the site? Um, well, on the site, I'm a top 100 member. I'm actually one of the people that goes out and helps people with their decks when they post them. I usually work with the EDH decks because that's that's my gig. But I've been known to you know help with standard, help with legacy, and every now and then, if I'm feeling frisky, I'll help out with the vintage deck. Ooh, vintage. Yeah. So, how long have you been playing Magic now? Um, Magic altogether, I've been playing since. Uh, Urza's Saga, actually. Oh, that's the same set I started in. Yeah, about, about what, 16 years ago, almost 17 years. God, has it been that long? Roughly, yeah. Fuck, man. It's like, because I was about 11 or 12 when I first got my, my set of magic cards, and my mom, I'll never forget, she bought me a pack. I ripped it open, and there was a big black demon thing, and I was like, Mom, look how cool this is, and I thought she was going to pass out. Were you? Did, have you always lived here in town? Or did, or did oh yeah, born and raised. So you probably know um, Frankie's then, the Frankie's card shop. Oh yeah, because that's where I bought my first set of Magic cards. Yep, I knew that before it was um, 
I knew it before it was Frankie's. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name of it, but it used to be run by this old guy who um, who had nothing but, like, baseball, football cards and had a small little section for Magic. Yep, he was he was also the guy that would buy your, your rares for a penny and sell them for $30. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I never sold him my rares or anything, but I just remember growing up here, you know, there was, like, no place to play for a long time. Right. It wasn't until... Yeah, there was there was that one place off of Deltona, right over yep. by Forest Oaks. I can't right, remember. that was I, Quest. Quest, that's right. And right. then that's and where then, I used to. Uh, that was like my old stomping grounds. Was Quest. Yeah, I, I'd only visit there a couple times, and at the time, I was only getting D and D stuff because I wasn't into magic at the time. I think I was in high school um, when that was around, and then. And then when that went away, then what was it? Dragon's Cove was the next one? <laughs> yeah, Dragon Cove. Dragon Cove had like six different buildings, too. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, I... it, was, it was everywhere. It was roaming around Spring Hill, just waiting for people to just fall into their trap. Because I'd only known about the one, I guess, their last stop over here by Four Corners. Well, that was that's the last one. Before that, they were actually in the same building, different module. And then they had two or three on 19, actually. Oh, I did not know that. Just kept moving down further, you know, down the chain. So when you say trap, what do you mean just... Because I, I remember visiting that place twice, and it was pretty terrible both times. It was... It's really hard to say bad things about it, because I met so many cool people and got a lot of inspiration from magic there. Yeah. But at the same time, the actual shop was just... I mean, I think everyone will agree. It it just wasn't wasn't well put together. Yes, <laughs> it was very much. You went there to hang out with your friends and play magic, occasionally buy a card, but it was it was mostly kind of it almost like it was run by the patrons more so than the owner because oh, you got really? murder there. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't I, know very fond memories of walking up and being like, hey guys, I'm taking these five booster packs, good night. Okay, man, have fun. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, man, I didn't know that you started in Urza's, or maybe you told me once and I forgot, I don't remember. I barely remember what I did five minutes ago, so. Yeah. Man, Who are you it, again? Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I wanted to bring you on because, you know, I've had 19 episodes done so far, and I've barely talked at all, if not bare, you know, any about EDH. And I wanted to bring you on because I'm slowly doing, you know, a bunch of episodes about formats, at least by now. I said, got like in my first few episodes, like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a whole episode series about formats. And then, you know, 15 episodes later, I still haven't gotten to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, procrastinators unite tomorrow. So, yes. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, just to start off with, if, can you give a little explanation of EDH and what it is? I mean, most of the listeners probably know what it is, but in case they don't, you know, I, I would just like for you to give an explanation. If I had to, to give an, an explanation to EDH or Commander, it would probably be the sandbox mode of Magic. You've got the smallest band list out of any format. You've got just infinite potential. I mean, any... Any format where Soul Ring is okay, you know is going to be bonkers. 
Um, but what it is, it is a hundred card singleton that is based around one legendary creature, and you have to use its color identity in your deck, and only those colors are allowed in. So let's say, for instance, you are running a commander that's in soul tie, you know, green, black, blue, you can have zero things that have a red or a white mana symbol in it. Now, it being a 100-card singleton format means you can only have one of each card in the deck, except for basic lands, of course, because that would just be incredibly difficult in certain color combinations. Yeah. So the need for redundancy is key. Redundancy is the key in EDH is probably the number one rule of EDH is redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. So where you have a standard deck where you can have uh, four dispels, let's say, if I wanted to have a counter suite in an EDH deck, we'll use the same Soul Tide deck that I was talking about, I would have to run things like Arcane Denial, the original counter spell, dispel, Flusterstorm, Force of Will, Mana Drain, you know, all these different counter spells to add up to a decent counter spell suite. Um, I call it sandbox because it, it just allows you to do whatever you want to. And I think that's that's one of the big appeals to the format is you've got some guy that goes, you know, I want to see a deck that does this. Um, I want to see a deck that wins with door to nothingness. I've actually come across a door to nothingness deck, and I've lost to it multiple times. It is scary, <laughs> and the guy makes you sign his deck box when you when he beats you. I mean, it was like a rite of passage in my old card shop. Holy crap! <clears throat> so, for people that don't know, door to nothingness, it's a five drop um, artifact. Door to nothingness enters the battlefield tapped, and it has the ability. That costs two white, two blue, two black, two red, two green. You tap it, sacrifice door to nothingness, target player loses the game. Right. That is awesome. I mean, he <laughs> would... All kinds of shenanigans you can do with it. He would run things like uh, Goblin Welder, Master Transmuter, uh, Mana Reflections, um, Rings to Rings of Bright Hearth was key in that deck. All kinds of untap and tap effects. Just anything that would get door to nothingness out of the graveyard, out of the deck, into play, untapped, and able to be sprung probably 15 different ways. And it was just, you sat there watching him do it, and it, I mean, it made your head spin sometimes. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. See, and that's one of the things when, um, I, I, when I first started getting into Commander, um, I remember... I used to go with this group who, who we used to play on um, D&D and, um, crap, what was it, Groups or GURPS? Mm -hmm. um, and, but before we started role-playing, we would play a quick game of Commander. Well, quick, as in it would take an <laughs> hour, hour and a half. Um, and the first Commander that was ever given to me was, what, Zedru or Zedru? Zedru. Oh, good God. And at first, when I when I first read him, I'm like, "This guy sucks. What? What? He doesn't do anything." <laughs> Until you start to realize, like, "Oh, I can start giving people stuff that fucks them over." Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, it's and that that's this this format really brings out what I love about Magic, and it's what I've talked about in other episodes where 
there's so many cards in Magic altogether, and there's so many crazy combinations that when Wizards comes out with the next standard set, you know, th they can't take account for every single card that is printed. Like, they can't figure out every single interaction this one card will, you know, will do. So they can print out a card now that does XYZ, but there's a card that they printed back in Alliances that will just make these two cards broken in EDH. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's just, you know, and it's the same thing with, with any, what's called, like, an eternal format, you know, legacy, modern. You'll have a card that really, you look at it when it's standard, and you're like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But then you look at, you know, some another dinky card from 15 years ago, and it's, this is the stupidest card I've ever seen. And you put them next to each other, and it's like, oh my god, it's the stupidest couple I've ever seen, but it's so <laughs> good. It's so good, you know? And that's one of my favorite things about Magic, is just discovering that, you know? And it's just... And to me, EDH is where you can really put your personality into a deck. You know, yes. you can be the sinister control person, which we all know there are people like that at our shop uh, who are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't I do such a terrible thing. I, I don't mean just you, but there are some others. And, um, and then there are just some people, you know, that just like to build fun decks where... You know, to to me, I've always had the attitude with EDH where, you know, I'm in it to have fun. And it's, if I lose, I lose. I don't really care. But if I win, hey, that's awesome. Right. You know, and I love seeing those crazy-ass combinations. I remember you and I, we played um, one time. You, you were just, I, I don't know if you tested, were testing out or finishing the Omnath deck, the new green, green red <laughs> one. Yes, I remember this game. <laughs> and you just, what was it, Boundless Realms or... Right, I, I Boundless Realms into Escape Shift. That's right, that's right. Boundless Realms, Escape Shift, and I wasn't even mad. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't do anything. I just lost the game instantly, but you know what? I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, and it's it's those kind of interactions that are just hilarious, but it's the other thing that I notice that EDH tends to attract are the people that, you know... I guess, I don't know if sore loser is the right word, but just people I've, that get extremely salty. I've had a theory about this for a while now. I'm not sure if I've told you about it. I know every now and then if I run into somebody, especially a new player that looks kind of distraught that they just lost, EDH is more than just, like, uh, your deck becomes more than just your deck. You know, there's people around the shop where if you look at them, you know, Oh, that person runs this. I mean, I've seen people that actually call people by their deck name instead of their actual name. So it's one of those things that you're known for this deck. You've put time into it. You've put effort. It's slowly, I mean, you, you found all the cool interactions and you're really excited about it. And then it just, it doesn't do what you want it to do. And the game is just terrible. And because your deck's not working out, it just, it feels like your entire reason for building this deck is just for nothing. I mean, I've, I've been there. Believe it or not, I've I've built a deck. I mean, it's still one because <clears throat> you know me, but it didn't do what I wanted <laughs> it to do. So I was like, I'm taking this apart because it didn't it didn't get there the way I wanted it to get there. So you have these people that are taking it, you know, all this time and effort and building this this hundred card deck. They're 
becoming known for it. And when they lose, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're insulting their child, you know? It's in, I, I mean, I have no justification. Sora losers are just Sora losers and I hate it. But I feel EDH has, it's because it's so niche and it's got just this, you know, weird, I guess, I don't know how to really explain it. You get this weird connection with your deck. It kind of becomes a part of you. Kind of like you were saying, you know, you can see people's attitudes in their decks. And then it loses and it's, oh, well, you know, it lost because of this or, you know, something stupid. And then you feel bad because it's, you know, I spent, you know, all this time finding a hundred unique cards to do what I thought they were going to do and they didn't do it. (sighs) Now it's back to square one. So, I mean, but yes, I have noticed, um, I have sat down to legacy tournaments. I mean, big 40, 50, 60 people legacy tournaments and have had people lose more gracefully than, than local EDH games. Oh yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed that too when I've been to, you know, PPTQs, Standard Modern and all that. And I mean, playing so much constructed with Standard Modern, I mean, after a while you get used to losing, even though you don't want to lose, it just sucks. Right. It's just, to me, it's when I go play EDH, it's for me, it's to relax. Because it's like, I just want to do some stupid shit and, (laughs) you know, if I lose, I don't care. You know, I played some magic. But, um... So as far as EDH goes, does it have its own sort of competitive format or anything? Or, um, on the record, for competitive EDH, you would probably run into Tiny Leaders, which is the three mana cost or below variant of the game. I don't really know much about it. Uh, I built one with a buddy of mine. We played it. We didn't have the most fun in the world. It kind of felt like Singleton Legacy. We already had legacy decks. We it didn't feel it didn't feel EDH enough for us. Um, then there's also French EDH. Um, it's the one versus one or dual commander EDH. Okay. Uh, it's got its own separate ban list. It's pretty decent. You know, a lot of the tutors are banned. A lot of the fast mana is banned, and that's one of the problems a lot of people have with multiplayer EDH is the fast mana. So they've eliminated that. Um, they've got rid of a couple of problem cards and it's it's so hard to gauge level of competitiveness when you're playing in four person five person six person pods so that's what dual commander is for uh completely different ban list but in my eyes it constricts your creative energy a little more than normal so i try to stay away from it i know our card shop is actually trying to implement a dual commander tournament every week um and i'm probably gonna end up making a dual commander deck because why not however it's not my it's not my favorite format however at ptqs if you want to be that guy you can sit down in their little casual and i i use big bunny rabbit ear quotes uh, <laughs> they're casual uh, EDH tournament for like a box or something. Every now and then they'll throw like a beta soul ring or something your way. Um, you can see and watch some of the most degenerate, disgusting decks you'll ever find. So, I mean, it's there. I, um, I'm guilty of building uh, turn one, turn two, instant win, sorry for you, time to go home decks. So, I mean, it's, it's there. However, in the spirit of EDH... 
it's frowned upon. Yeah, and I can see that, especially when doing multiplayer, because, you know, because, like we said before, people just get salty, and it's like, well, I didn't even get to play or anything, and it's just, oh, you already win? You know, what's the point? So, Right, and it's really hard to find, like, when you go to, like, our shop, I would say is it's, it's a weird divided meta at our shop. You've got the people that are playing to win, and you've got the people that are playing to have fun. And it's really hard to tell who's who sometimes. And you'll always have a game where it's different variant level of seriousness about the game. So everyone's decks kind of have to have... You kind of have to tone your deck down a little bit, but you still have to have that really hard, you know, spike to finish off a game if you have to. Um, but, I mean, I've been to places... There's a card shop about an hour away from us. I won on turn 15... And they thought that was too extreme. That was too fast. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I looked at him and I was like, guys, it's turn 15. It's, it's been three hours. I don't even know where I live anymore. Yeah. You know? Oh, jeez. No, but I know what you mean about our shop. The last time I played EDH um, is with two other guys. I don't remember who they were. But um, one of them was playing um, elves, just mono green elves. And the other one was... It was it was a blue red commander. I cannot remember who it wasn't. Nin. I don't think it was Mizix. Was it Karanos? The god. I don't think it was Karanos. Oh god, I don't I don't remember who it was. But it it wasn't like a one that I was familiar with. Arjun. Maybe. Uh, he mind moils whenever you cast a spell. Yeah, it might have been that one. He's the the Sphinx from the new commander. The yeah yeah. And um, and I was playing my Aloro deck, and, I, and I, if I had to choose, I think um, my Krufix and Aloro deck are probably quote unquote the most competitive, I guess. And my Aloro deck just pretty much builds Pillow Fort, and I just deny you to do anything, pretty much, while I just sit back and gain life, and you know I decide to let you do something, <laughs> and. It just pretty much, I could tell the other two guys were just getting frustrated with me. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's kind of frustrating. And it's I'm just countering everything they're doing or stopping them and they can't attack me. And so they decide to both gang up on me and kill me. And then they then the blue-red guy also dies because the mono-green just does. Gets a shit ton of elves and overwhelming stampede and <laughs> kills everybody. So I'm just like, oh, well, I, I, I could have saved you next turn, but oh well. <laughs> sorry man sorry i was i was dead because someone made poor life choices yeah <laughs> i get that all the time um but that's, that's also another thing too is once you've established yourself especially if you're in a small card shop you've established yourself where multiple games you are the threat i sat down with uh it's one of my pet decks it's, it's meant to kind of goof off and have fun it's ramirez de pietro and I'm not sure if I showed you this guy, what but you need fuck? to check him out right now. He's an old Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at him up. Ramirez de Pietro, just a first strike 4-3. Um, Demir. Yep. And what's cool is he's the, one of the only creatures in Demir, I think if not the only creature, that has first strike in Demir colors. But I built him. I mean, he's a pirate. He's, he's a pirate that does nothing. He's got first strike. That's it. <laughs> I mean, so I built a deck to just kind of screw around. And, I mean, it's got things like, you know, 
Kukemsa Pirates. It's got, you know, Merchant of Secrets, Merfolk Looter, Pirate Ship. You know, all these different nautical... Th- I mean, the closer I could get it to Pirates of the Caribbean in a deck, the better it was. That's awesome. No, you haven't shown me this deck. I, this looks freaking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's super flavored. This is like, you know, the cooking channel version of EDH. It's, it's all about the flavor. That's it. You know, it has no intentions of winning. It's just there to be funny. Can you believe that I had three people sit down at a table with me and when they saw my general, went, nuh-uh, we know what you're going to do, and killed me in the first four turns? Are you fucking serious? Dead serious. That's one of Jeez. the... And that's another thing, one of the my pet peeves about EDH is people hold grudges. Terrible grudges. If you beat them one day... The, I mean, you could play them three weeks later, and they will go after you like you're a stranger in the backyard and they're a pit bull. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're going to grab onto you and just never let go. You know, yeah. another deck I'd built, um, the, the owner of our card shop actually sat down and played with me, and I was playing Squee, Goblin the Bob. Another pet deck. Just thought it would be funny. You know, it's Squee. He's annoying. I built the deck to be as annoying as possible. And it beat him. Last night, he and I sat down to play a game of Magic. And all he did the entire time, from turn one until the turn where someone else, I convinced someone else to kill me so he couldn't kill me, all he did was <laughs> go after me. Every t- every chance he got. Now we had, it was him playing the new Odric, which was actually my deck he borrowed. We had Squee, we had um, Setin Elf Ball, which was my girlfriend's deck, and then we had a Prime Speaker Zagana Draw Go deck. So who does he go after? Squee. I mean, it left such a bad taste in his mouth, he was like, no, uh-uh. I mean, <laughs> we're talking, this is like a six-month-long grudge. Oh, jeez, that's hilarious. So, I mean, it happens. But it's, you know, it's just, it's just one of the, the many things about EDH. I mean, there's people that if I sit down and play with them, I wouldn't say it's a grudge, but it's definitely a, I know how you build your decks. I know you're going to sit there and do nothing and make everyone think you're not doing anything. And then you're just going to combo off and win two turns. Yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> I, I mean, so I guess you could say I, I kind of target people based off of prior experiences but it's never a, well, you know what? You beat me last game fair and square. Time to kill you. You know, it's never been something like that. And so it's not malicious then? No, no, no. Well, I mean, just playing Magic in general, I'm malicious. But, you know, not when it yeah. comes to stuff like that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so have you been to a lot of competitive EDH events or anything? Um, I have been to about ten uh, unfortunately, about seven of them were not truly competitive. How so? Uh, you'll get a lot of people... There was a point in EDH... I mean, everyone kind of goes through it. I mean, I call it the, the EDH process, or the commander process. Um, new EDH players just want to get that win. You know, they want to they win, they want to win by any means necessary, and it's all about winning. And then eventually they calm down and become, you know, like you or I. You know, I'm... If I win, I win. I'm not going to roll over, but I'm not going to play a super high-powered deck that's just 
I'm going to win, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've played long enough that it's, I've got it out of my system. But there was a time in EDH um, about three years ago. So it was EDH was kind of still in its toddler phase. It wasn't really super popular. There were still people that were, you know, what's EDH? What's Commander? Um, where shops to try and get new players in and just try and get money would say competitive EDH. And I'm saying super big bunny rabbit ear quotes this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I played five color hermit druid, what which was <laughs> okay. It's gonna it's gonna take a little while to explain this. Okay. <laughs> five color hermit druid is based around the card hermit druid. Um, he says you pay. I believe it's a green and a colorless, and tap yeah. him to search or reveal a top card of your library um, until you reveal a basic land card. Everything else goes into your graveyard. The basic land goes into your hand. Okay. So you run it in a five-color deck where there's no basic land. What? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so the, the main goal of the deck is turn one, turn two, you cast Hermit Druid. Preferably yeah. turn one. Uh, turn two, if you cast him, he has to have haste. So the entire deck is maybe four creatures, five creatures. The rest is counters, kills, and tutors to get Hermit Druid. Uh, the general you use for this is actually um, Scion, because he's your backup win condition. Okay. So, you know, you've got your Hermit Druid turn one, turn two. You activate him whenever you can. You get your entire deck into your graveyard. Now you've got a Narcaniba in your deck. So it comes out for free. Wait, a Narca... How do you spell it? Narca... Omeba. Uh, N-A-R-C-O-M-O-E-B-A. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's the old... Um, It's from the old uh, Dredge Legacy deck. You know? Okay. You mill it in, it goes out for free. Um, then you've got things like... Oh, Fate Stitcher. So Fate Stitcher's in your graveyard... By this point, you should have a, a blue mana open. So you tap the blue mana to unearth Fate Stitcher. Now you've got your three creatures in the field. You also have a Dread Return in your deck. So you sacrifice those three creatures to Dread Return Angel of Glory's Rise. Angel of Glory's Rise reads, when it comes into play, you exile all zombies in play and return all humans from your graveyard to the battlefield. Well, the two humans that are caught up in this are a zombie and lab maniac. They come onto the field, you tap a zombie to draw a card and win the game. Gee. And if they respond to it, you just tap, um, you tap, whatchamacallit, you tap, um, oh, not the term maniac. Because he's a wizard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they're both wizards. So you just go, okay, well, in response, cool, I'll draw a card. And the way the stack works, it's going to go, you're going to draw a card, they're going to kill a creature, and then you're going to draw a card. So I mean, either way, you win. <laughs> Wow. So. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So that was a deck that, I mean, my friends and I, we we did everything we could to really, you know, tighten this deck list up. I borrowed old dual lands, you know, Alpha Beta, Unlimited Revised Duels. I had all the fetches, everything. I mean, this this deck was bonkers. I mean, and it was consistent. If it didn't win by turn four, I think the only time it didn't win by turn four is because... Hermit Druid was actually 
still in my deck box. I hadn't taken it out. It just it's not there. <laughs> I was like a son of a bitch. So jeez. Oh, I went to my first tournament I went to and was all right, you know. I sit down and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be rough. This is my first time playing competitive EDH. I don't know what's going on. And it just it sticks with me to this day because of how funny it was. I'm sitting there and I'm you know, my turn one, I'm I'm dropping like two lands, um via like exploration and then I'm you know uh, exiling elvish uh, spirit guide and simian spirit guide to get more mana to drop hermit druid and I'm going to town <laughs> you know turn one and I'm like this is you know oh god I'm never gonna you know this isn't how it's supposed to be people are gonna people are gonna beat me I'm, I'm doing terrible <laughs> so what, were, what was everyone else playing well, the guy next to me was running five color, and he had Scion too. So I'm like, oh god, he's playing Hermit Druid. This is going to be terrible. I mean, this is. I mean, it was just one person was playing Arkham Dagson, so it's like, oh well. And another person was playing Izami, which I mean, all four of us technically should have been playing stupidly competitive combo decks because Arkham and Izami are the two mono blue or mono blue meanies that you just you see them everywhere you go in competitive Magic. Or competitive EDH, I'd just say. Okay. So, yeah. I know. Their turn goes by, and they're, you know, just land. And I'm like, oh, man, they're doing something. They're doing something. And then it hits. The guy playing Scions to my right. And he's like, all right, guys. Um, big play here. And I start freaking out. He drops the planes. And I'm like, a planes? What? You don't have a basic planes in this deck. And he drops a Yoked Ox. Yoked Ox is a vanilla 0-4 creature for one white. Yeah. None of them had any idea what they were doing. And they had no idea what I was about to do to them. It was the most... I mean, I played and I won. And they're like, well, do you mind if we keep playing the game? And I'm like, sure. You know, turn two, I'd won the game. I'm happy I go on to the next round. Um, Arkham Dagson was running mono blue wizards for some reason. Not artifacts, which is what you normally see, because he tutors yeah. out artifacts and sits there and constantly blows up the board. And then Azami was mono blue wizards that tried to beat people in the face with wizards instead of drawing with them. And it was just I remember sitting there watching him and it was like it was like going to some weird jungle tribe <laughs> and like watching them try and do what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, no, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was like watching someone that had never seen a vacuum cleaner try to use one. I mean, it was I'm just sitting there. I, just... I've actually got a story about that about <laughs> about a vacuum cleaner. Okay. But um, did did the wizard guy at least have like coat of arms or something? Or that's how he was. He talked about winning. He talked about oh his big win con, his big win con, and I'm like, well, for a zombie back then, it was mind over matter and temple bell. You know, yeah. make one draw out. His big win con was like. 15 wizards and coat of arms. <laughs> and I, I just, I mean, I'm just baffled by this because they were talking about how competitive their decks were. And it's like, Oh my, I thought maybe I had ascended to some level of awesomeness that just no one could fathom. And it was just me, but thank God the second round I ran into, you know, more combo decks. But I mean, that first round, it was rough. <laughs> It, well, th well, thankfully you won second turn because that guy with the yoked ox 
you were you were going to be wrecked you next turn. Always watch out for the yoked ox <laughs> and kraken hatchling. Don't let its cute little appearance fool you. <laughs> that bastard's going to hurt you some way or another. All right, na- now you have to build a deck, uh, a blue white deck with kraken hatchling and yoked ox, and figure out some way to just wreck people's faces with it. So I have an idea for this already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to go work, on, but it will. It though. won't it game, will. but it'll kill somebody, and it's going to make them feel real bad. That's all that matters, as long as you kill someone. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've done stuff like that. I mean, um, right now I'm running Kami at the Crescent Moon. It started off as just a joke deck. You know, it just makes people draw cards, and he's a cute little blue butt crack monster from the Kamigawa block. Yep, I ha- I like that guy, and. I have sat. I don't think I've sat down to a game yet where it hasn't just been like, "Sorry guys, on your upkeep, you're taking sixty damage and drawing a hundred cards." Oops, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. But yeah, I did. I did see your little write up you did on Tapped Out about um, uh, Kami of the Crescent Moon, and I gotta say, it's um pretty impressive. Um, it looks like a fun deck. I mean, I'd, I'd be pretty interested to play against it, even though I'd lose, but it would just be, I just want to see it, you know, in person. It's, it's one of those things where, I mean, definitely on paper and I've had, um, on the tapped out forums, there's actually someone that was asking me a lot about it, you know, asking about how competitive it is. It's really hard to understand a deck like Kami or even Squee. Like Squee is kind of like the special cousin of uh of kami you know it's just it's not quite there but kami itself is just you know you run it with a bunch of i'm gonna make everyone draw cards effects you know the last thing you want to do in magic is let your opponents draw a bunch of cards however what you make sure you do is that you draw into or you make sure that you're drawing into nothing but answers or win cons. And it's just, people never, even people that have played against this deck four and five times, they always make the same mistake. The first time they play, it's, oh my god, this is so funny to draw all these cards, and then like slowly it's, oh god, I've got four cards left in my library, and next turn I have to draw 25 cards? This deck sucks, you know? <laughs> so what they'll do is next game, they kill Kami. I'll be like, you know, turn two, Kami, kill it. Well, I mean, okay, if you really want to. Next turn, Howling Mine. <laughs> I mean, same thing. Same basic principle. So it's it's one of those things people don't really know what to answer or when to answer it. And that's what I love about it. Because it leaves everyone scratching their head like, oh, last game he beat me with, you know, the flipped Jushi Apprentice. Made me draw 60 cards. I'm killing that. Oh, crap. You know, he's got four Iron Maidens out, and I've got <laughs> ten cards in hand. I'm dead. Or, sorry, 14 cards in hand. I'm dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, and it's, it started off as a joke. It was just, you know what, I'm going to make this. It's going to make everyone draw, give everyone a false sense of security, and then we'll see how it goes from there. But, I mean, it's one of, it's it's weird when you see a deck that's got something like, Howling Mine, Dictator Crufix, you know, Font of Mythos. 
And in the same deck, you've got like Azami Lady of Scrolls, Kozilek the Butcher of Truth, you know, Jace the Mind Sculptor. And that's what I like about it is you sit there and you're constantly, people constantly have to guess. And I guess that's kind of one of the things I've always wanted to do with a magic deck is make a magic deck, I mean, any kind, where you have people watching one hand while your other hand is doing all the work, just like an actual magic trick. Yeah, you've got that's to, a good way of putting it. You've got them going, oh, cool, this guy's making me draw cards. And they're, you know, it's like, what are they going to draw into? A big fat creature, a combo piece. I'm drawing into everything that's going to stop everyone from doing whatever I want to. It's a, I think in my write-up I call it, you know, I'm drawing into a handful of when's the next game. You know? Yeah. And it's, I don't usually like to toot my own horn when it comes to decks. I like to try pretty, stay pretty modest. But Kami is probably one of the coolest decks I've ever built. I mean, it's just, I love it. So. And so you say in your write-up that has, it's won four tournaments. Um, where is it won tournaments at? It has won um, four online cockatrice tournaments, actually. Oh, nice. Um, were they money tournaments or just... No, no, just um, cockatrice. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that's like MTG online. Yeah. But its servers get shut down constantly. You constantly have to find you know new downloads for it, new everything. Oh, I know. You've got to go through all these. It's kind of like the black market of magic. You know, you have to you have to know a guy who has like that weird cousin that, you know, got mixed up with like the cartel and you know, <laughs> you just you have to know a guy to get into it. Um anytime I build a deck, I have a buddy who is kind of like that guy. He knows everything. Um so anytime that I make a new deck that I kinda wanna screw around with because I don't have MTG online, I just I've I've never used it. It's always felt kind of uh, clunky to me. Watching videos of it on you know online, it's just God, it looks clunky. It is. It's very clunky. Um, it's um, I'll get some limited out of it once in a while, but that's about it. Or I may build a cheap modern deck and play it on there. But other than that, I stick with Cockatrice or X Mage. Right. You know, it's just it's. And it's weird that, I mean, Cockatrice and those other programs are actually, I mean, feel more fluid and feel more user-friendly. But I digress. Um, so I just was like, you know what? I wonder how good Kami can do. Because, you know, going on Cockatrice is kind of like going to the Kumote, you know, from Kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder, let's just see. Let's see what happens when I throw this big, you know, blue blob in the middle of, you know kickboxer and let's see what happens and i've played um a 60 person tournament a 22 person tournament and i want to say the next two were like 15 to 15 to 17 and as it is on tapped out right now it won i mean we're talking i was going up against arkham dagsons i was going up against Hermit Druids, I was going up against Azamis, uh, Tassigers, uh, Damia, and it was like, good God, man, what have I done? What have I made? You broke EDH even more. <laughs> you know, I broke the butt crack monster. I put a crack right in the back of him. Second. It, so what's the EDH um, K 
community like on Cockatrice? I mainly play Cockatrice for um, modern and standard for deck testing. For e- either like when I either want to build a new deck or I'm practicing for a PPTQ, um, and usually the people on there are either really shitty or they'll just come up with super shitty non-meta standard and modern decks when you want to test against meta decks and they'll get mad that you beat them really bad or <laughs> oh god it's um, it's frustrating as fuck <laughs> the edh players on there um if you do tournament mode and you you know you really you can find a lot of really good players there um a lot That's of them i've learned uh, actually live close by like in tampa um, so, you know, I'll call and say, hey, you know, let's get on or blah, blah, blah. And we usually, um, through Tapped Out or through Facebook, whatever, we'll, we'll switch, you know, deck ideas back and forth. Uh, there's actually a lot of really good players. However, you will never find a more concentrated group of jerks and assholes <laughs> ever. They're the kind of guys that'll beat you and be like, hey, man, why don't you give me your email address and we'll shoot ideas back and forth. And they will sign you up for, like, weird bestiality <laughs> porn or something. I mean, so it's like, not only did I beat you, but every other week you're going to watch this dog plow this girl. Sorry for you. Um, oh, jeez. Terrible, terrible people. Really good decks, though. Um, really good players, but just, um, you know, the internet veil. <laughs> they say whatever they want to because it's the internet. You know, a bunch of nerds. What? <laughs> Fucking nerds. Yeah, no one's stopping them from saying anything. I, you know, if, if I believed everything that Cockatrice players told me, my mom is, you know, a, a lesbian prostitute from New Guinea. <laughs> it's just, it's it's the equivalent of playing Call of Duty. Yeah, or playing League of Legends. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's, yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, it's pretty much like playing League. You win... You're going to be called every name in the book. You lose, you're going to be called every name in the book. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> it's just it's it's bad, but I mean it's it's a free program that you don't have to pay for. You don't have to pay for the cards. You just put whatever you want to in. It's kind of like everyone goes ham. Uh, so you get some crazy decks, which is why it was very surprising to see Kami do as well as it did, um, because. It, it shouldn't have. And so, have you brought it to the shop yet? Um, I actually had a version of Kami that I brought to the shop for one day. Um, I brought it probably probably three or four months ago. It it won both games that it played. And I was told to never bring it back again. So you got some people mad at you? What? It It just it wasn't <laughs> It was a lot different than what you see now. It's what I I called thirty counter kami. Oh god. It was nothing but howling mine effects and counter spells. That was it. And it still won. Jeez. Give me, give me one sec real fast. I'm yeah, no having problem. some mic issues. Alrighty. Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you. Sweet. Sweet. Alrighty. So, yeah, it was 30 counters and Kami. And Howling Mine Effects. 
and pretty much it sat there and did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And people were having fun drawing cards. I mean, I didn't even have to force them to draw to win. I didn't have anything like uh, Iron Maiden or anything like that. It was just, I win. People were drawing. I mean, the game took about three hours to play. Oh, God. <laughs> it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. I mean, it got to the point where even you know I was sitting there like, oh, God, someone just kill me. And they look at my hand and it's like, but they can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it was just all kinds of rough. Um, but I was told, you know, it's, and I've had decks like this before. They, they perform a little grindier than I'd like them to be. Um, I had creature with Aloro, accidentally had creatures or was creatureless. Didn't realize I didn't have any kind of special win con. It was just game locking, not game locking to where no one could play, just game locking to where we didn't do anything. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? I, mean, I can't really do anything, I guess, uh, play my land and play this creature and pass. I mean, and that was it. Um, so three hours into the game, I'm looking at tutor for, I was like, okay, I got to find a way to finish this. I had not put creatures in the deck. I had not put any kind of combo in the deck to win. Oh, geez. So for about 65 turns, I sat there with a Waro draining life one at a time. And I wanted to cry by the end of it. You, my friend, are a masochist. <laughs> I mean, but now that also stems one of my favorite table flipping moments of all time. Ooh, do tell. This was an eight-man game where I was playing my Oro deck, and I was at a new shop because I was trying to spread the word of EDH. Now, I had played Oro because Oro is one of those generals where people see them and they see what the deck could do, and you can sit there, and I mean, you can build a world six different ways. It's great. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of show off what Commander was like, and I ended up turning off about ten people to it, because we had eight people watching, and then significant others were watching, too. So, <laughs> this one kid finally thinks he's going to beat me. Now, I had played probably ten... 10, 11 turns previous to this kid's turn, I had played Glacial Chasm. I, I couldn't, Wait, what? couldn't receive damage. You know, it was great. And the cumulative upkeep with Aloro didn't matter because I was getting about 200 life a turn. Oh my god, I want this land for my um, Aloro deck. Oh, it's great. It comes in front of all the lands, too, I believe. It's beautiful. How, how, how fucking much is it? I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. It's like it's like forty cents. Yeah. Or I could get the from the vault one for eight bucks. From the vault one, trust me. Trust it, it looks it looks pretty. Um, but I mean, my lord deck was, you know, it was all static effects, so I was gaining twenty five, fifty life every turn because of you know all Hallmark's archive and just just a, a plethora of things. So I guess he had forgotten about it. And he, uh, he, this kid, and he went to town. He was running um, Green Blue Momir Vig. And I was excited for him because Momir Vig is kind of like my homeboy. It's one of the first decks I ever completely foiled out. So it was like, yeah, you know, good for you. You're playing Momir Vig. Awesome. I'm proud of you. And 
he probably crater hoofed 70 times. I mean, he sat there every every kind of blue and green janky creature combination to bounce stuff and bounce, you know, uh, enchantments and artifacts to put him back into play to untap land. I mean, all this crazy stuff. And he's like, I'm swinging at you for like 700,000. And he's like, you lose. And I didn't want to say it, but I had to say it. All I, I, mean, I couldn't say it though. I mean, the word just wouldn't, it felt so bad. The words just wouldn't come out of my mouth. So all I did was slide, because he was right next to me. I just slid my glacial chasm over to his field. And I was like, sorry, man. Oh, my God. He takes his deck, puts it together, and it's like, you know, you know, it's okay. You know, the game's lasted long enough. I, I kind of need to go home anyway. And in a split second, he hulks out. I guess he just realized that, like, what had happened. <laughs> And he goes, he's like, no, no, that's not how it's going to happen. He throws his deck, I mean, across the store. Cards are everywhere, just sprinkling down, like, you know, confetti at a parade. And he goes, rushing out the front door. And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I've made people mad in Magic. It, it happens. Oh, we, we all, all have, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, the respectable thing to do is, you know try to, I mean, if they'll allow you to, you shouldn't walk up and be like, hey man, you know, sorry, I just destroyed you out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, I usually like to do something where along the lines of, you know, hey man, you know, you played a really good game, I really liked your deck, um, you know, if you ever want to swap ideas around or something, you know, let me know, because I was really impressed with it. I mean, in fairness, his Momir Vig deck had stuff in his, there that I was like, I didn't even think about that for my deck, and it was like, pure genius stuff. Yeah. So I walk out, and then the kid won't look at me, and I'm like, hey, man, listen, you know, it's cool. You know, I've been in the same position you are. I, you know, I've thrown decks before. I was 12 once. <laughs> 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 I mean, and I feel bad because the kid's like 15. You know, I didn't, I didn't yeah. say that to him. I was like, you know, I've, you know, I've been in your same position. It's really tough when, you know, you have a frustrating, really grindy game like that. And I was like, but I really did enjoy your deck. And the kid turns around, and it's all I can do not to laugh. Because in my entire Magic career, the 16 or 12, however many years I've been playing, I've never made someone cry. Aloro brought the tears. He was so frustrated that he didn't know what else to do except attack me, knowing that he couldn't attack me. And then I guess in getting caught up in the frustration, he ran outside and cried. Wow. So. Yeah, it's just. I told him he could wipe his tears on my pillow porch. And... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's. It's... Oh, my God. It's I, I, I don't know when I, I've had my fair share of salty magic players. I mean, n- not just in EDH, but in standard and modern and. You know, I've been, I, I don't want to say, I mean, I've definitely been salty, but it's more, it's it's never really directed at the person. It's more directed at myself as in, why do I feel like I can't fucking play Magic today? Why why am I feeling like I'm so terrible at this game? Right. You know, but it's, oh God, I, I guess 
I guess I can understand it because we know some people at our shop that definitely get mad and I've seen them throw decks and all that and it's just it, oh yeah you almost have you almost have to wonder where it's like there's something else going on where it's yeah. you know you're, you're not just mad at the game there's something going on personally too who hurt you you know yeah <laughs> like do you want to talk about it yeah I mean and it's that's another weird thing too though is I mean that, and that's what's cool about card shop mentality though is you see those players and at first you're like man this dude is like whacked but you walk outside and you're like, hey, man, is everything OK? And you find out, you know, and I'm not trying to, to get really emotional or anything, but you find out, you know, so and so's mom just passed away. So and so, you know, his girlfriend just broke up with them, um, didn't get the job he wanted. And it's like, oh, man, dude, that sucks. And then you spend and that's, you know, card shop mentality. You spend the rest of the night building this person up. And then the next week they just come in and just obliterate people. And, you know, it's that's one of the good things about you know potentially i guess volatile situations when it comes to magic is like, you have people there that are like you know all right man what's wrong you know who hurt you what's what's going on here yeah no i know exactly what you mean like past few weeks i i if anyone has seen me at the shop especially during fnm they probably know that i haven't really been myself at um playing standard where it's just like I'm making terrible calls. I'm just giving up really easily. It's like, I've been extremely stressed lately. It's, um, I, it, I finally closed on my house this week, oh, but I, it's been, Oh, thank you. It's been, um, it's been the stress of not only worrying about whether I'm going to get the house or not, but also the stress of I've got major projects coming up at work. It's, you know, I've got personal family stress going on and it's just, it's it's like I get away from magic, t- or I I go out to the shop to get away from it all, and then it's like I come here and it's like I don't even know how to play magic. Where I'm just like motherfucker, <laughs> it's like nothing's going right. What the fuck? <laughs> Look at your cards and you're like, when did people re- when did I replace my deck with Korean foils? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, just, I forgot how to mana. And I'm sure you've had those days where it's just like you cannot win, and it's just. And it's not so much I expect myself to win all the time, but at least it play a decent game of magic, you know? Right. You know, it's you don't no one goes in wanting to lose, but no one also yeah. wants oh, to yeah. go into losing losing big. You know, it's it's like you know, the best you can do is go, I really hope I don't die with my pants down. And that's kind of what it's like in magic, you know, I really hope I don't lose because I just did something really stupid, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. It's um something I've done many, many times. Yes, I have died of my pants down numerous times. Yeah, especially in um World of Warcraft, I've died oh. with my pants. Down. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. So, where do you see EDH in five years from now? Do you still do you still see it getting bigger, more popular? Do you see, I don't know, maybe the competitive scene growing? Or or what are your thoughts on it? I see it. There was a time, actually earlier this year, where I kind of thought that EDH had plateaued. Um, and it really hasn't. Especially with Wizards now supporting the format with the new Commander sets every year. Um, they just... I feel like every time a new commander set comes out, it just kicks everything into overdrive. 
I think the problem with a lot of, um, well, especially like EDH and Aria, everyone in Aria has played EDH for about two or three years now. Yeah. So they, they get it. You know, they, they've seen most of it. Nothing's really new to them. But when Commander comes out, everyone comes out of the woodwork with these new decks, you know, wanting to see the new decks, have new ideas. I think if we had a biannual set for Commander, we would see steady um, steady interest in it. <clears throat> because not like Standard or, you know, Modern or Legacy, where you've got, you know, every expansion is pretty much designed with those formats in mind. And you get maybe... Out of 200 cards, 10, 10 decent EDH cards. Maybe two really good ones. So there's not really a lot to get excited about with new sets as far as that's concerned. I mean, you might get a new legendary creature, but, I mean, with the exception of, like, the Gitrog monster, which is just banana sandwich, it's oh, yeah. been probably, like, it's probably been a year. I think Tassiger was, like, the last big thing to come out. For EDH generals, so I mean you don't get a lot of. It's just one of those things where newer areas with newer players, you're going to see an interest in it longer. Players that have been around for a while, they're going to lose. It's going to uh, you know, just kind of like the tide. You know, new commander set comes out, woo interest. Um, but with that, I think overall we're going to see probably. <clears throat> I would hope to see like maybe two commander sets a year, if not um, commander sets, and then some kind of supplementary um, card set like Conspiracy was really popular for EDH. So I would like something along those lines where you've got here's a new commander set. We got your commander precons and your 15 new cards. Six months later, here is you know whatever expansion that's meant specifically for EDH. And I think that would help a lot of stores get behind it too, because now I've got something I can sell you more than once a year other than singles. Because I mean, EDH players go after 15 cent singles, like, you know, old women in Tampa go after pills. It's just, yeah. So I think that's that's what I would like to see it. I think in reality, we're probably at the plateau. <laughs> I hate to sound grim, but a plateau is a whole lot better than depression. Uh, yeah, that's It's true. in a good spot. The Rules Committee, um, I actually just uh, was talking to some of the Rules Committee yesterday. <clears throat> um, they're, they're always, it's not like they, you know, meet up in their robes holding torches in a dungeon, you know, once every fifth moon and talk about rules, they're actively every day sitting down at a card shop and going, well, what about this card? You know, maybe this card, this and that. So, I mean, what's nice is that it's not this feeling of, well, the rules committee doesn't care, so why should we care? I mean, it's, it's very much a they care... So I care. I know I care that they care about me caring. It's careception, if you will. Um, <laughs> so the community is, is is really there and it's thriving and it's it's nice. However, it's almost really hard to 
to see. Um, our card shop, you, you probably have eight to ten EDH players a day. But when you go to like a really heavy metropolitan area like Tampa, I walked into three different card shops and saw 16 to 20 different commander games going on. And we're not talking... That's awesome. We're not talking like, you know, one-on-ones or, you know, three-man free-for-alls. We're talking like four to six-player games. This, these places were packed, and it wasn't their commander day. It was just free play time. Wow. So I guess it's hard to judge from our area, but if I had to judge from, you know, a, a more dense popula- or densely populated area, it's definitely, it's definitely, like, keeping up with the other formats. It's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, hopefully. No, and I think with, now that Wizards is officially supporting it with supplemental products, I don't think it will go anywhere because, like you said, um, and also R&D, I, I don't know if they've outright admitted, but, you know, every so often, you know, they'll print out cards that seem to be just for Commander in sets. Like, Shadows of Innistrad had the Gitrog monster. Um, there have been a number of other cards, you know, like the Great Aurora or Seasons Pass could be, you know, considered Commander de- commander cards as well. 99 times out of 100, if it has a mana cost of over 7, it's going to go in someone's EDH deck. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, I guess that's the cool thing. I mean, you have, you know... And it's also having the eye for it, too. I mean, I remember when Return to Ravnica came out right as I was getting into Commander really heavy. Um, And people were going on and on. What was it? Oh, about Goblin. I think Goblin Electromancer. You got to make sure Instant Source costs one less. You know, people were going on and on and on about him for Is It EDH decks. I remember sitting there going, do you guys not see Cyclonic Rift? <laughs> I don't think you guys know what Cyclonic Rift does. Let me let me explain you something real fast. So, I mean, every now and then, and really, I mean, as far as power, I'd say it's about every... As, as far as normal sets, not like the commander boxes, you probably get one just, this is going to be a staple, everyone is going to run a card in EDH. Um, so, I mean, you know, one year it was Cyclonic Rift. The next year it was Prophet of Crufix. You know. Oh, my poor Prophet. Yeah, you know, the next year it was Nykthos. And if you're running Monocolor and you're not running Nykthos, unless you're running some kind of weird Storm deck, you know, it's like you're doing it wrong. So, oh, yeah. I mean, once a year we get, you know, really cool cards from that. And I'd like to see... I'd like to see kind of oomph a little more, I guess you could say, because it's sometimes, you know, I look at new sets and it's like, I find myself trying to force the new cards into my deck, where it's like, I really want this to work, I really want this to be something, it's not something, but I'm going to force it to be something, and it just, it usually doesn't end very well, but, um, yeah, you know, every, every set's got something, I mean, and it also depends on how casual or, you know, competitive you are. You know, I, I don't know the name of it, but the new Black Tutor, where you discard your hand and tutor for three cards. Um, I don't, what is it called? <laughs> oh, God, it's the Black Mythic. 
Um, right. I've got like 10 of those stupid things, by the way. I open up three boxes and you get 10. And I was like, well, maybe it's something. And it's not. But yeah, I don't think I even got one of them. It's, it's one of those things. I, I want to say it's like seven mana. You discard your hand. You tutor for three cards. In our group... You will never see that run by anybody. Oh, yeah. However, in one of the groups, like I mentioned a lot earlier, you know, where turn 15 kills are like, whoa, man, slow down, that's a powerhouse. And I think that's another good thing about EDH is you will gravitate towards a meta or a group of people that play at your same speed. You know, and sometimes that takes a lot of self-realization. I mean, it's kind of like me and Standard. I thought when I played Standard, I was the end-all, be-all for Magic. I was the greatest thing there was because I would win Standard every now and then. But it's because my group, I was above my group. And I don't mean that as in, like, you know, I was a, a higher caliber than the rest. But it's just, as far as player skill, I was just above them. You know, you go to another shop and you're playing Delver, you know, and you're like, all right, let's go. And you walk in there and everyone there is running Delver and you get your butt kicked and you decide you're going to play EDH because standard sucks. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Has is, a... is there a little story that we have I to know? know or? No, nothing really. No. Um, <laughs> well, before Colossal, I would go to um, two different card shops, and I would run the house with my... I mean, this is M12, M13 era, I want to say. I had I yeah. built Delver. You know, it was blue, white, red Delver. America Delver, almost. Because I had gut shots, and you had your Geist of St. Drafts, and Snapcaster Mages, and whatnot. And I had gotten... St- Stupidly lucky. I bought one box when I got back into Magic. Because I had taken a couple of years break. I bought one box and had enough dollar value in that box to trade people to get all the pieces to my Delver deck. Oh, nice. So, except for like two Snapcaster Mages, but I wasn't going to... I think I only ran two anyway. So Delver was a pretty challenging deck to beat because it either milled you out or it milled itself. It beat you in the face. It had mana leaks, which, I mean, at the time, mana leak was like, oh, my God, there's nothing better than mana leak. You know, it had ponder. It was just it was everything you expected from a boo deck. And that's why I loved it so much. I mean, it was a really cool deck to get back into magic with. Yeah. And I mean, at the two stores that I would play, it was just I would walk in the F&Ms and it was Oh God, it's it's an even week. He's here this week. Oh man, what are we gonna do? I decide to take a trip to Tampa one week. I'm like, you know, I'll give both of those card shops a break and I'll go to Tampa. <laughs> <clears throat> I played at Armada Games for a grand total of seven minutes. I drove an hour and a half to play seven minutes of Magic. Got so utterly destroyed there that I vowed I would probably never play standard again. <laughs> Dude, Armada is cutthroat. I've been I've only been there once for standard and it was just it was it was between um 
M15 had just come out and I built my first standard deck and it was some shitty insole artifact control deck and um I I didn't know I didn't know anything about the store you know how competitive it was and I'm just like oh everybody's playing mono black or mono blue awesome <laughs> and I lost <laughs> terribly and you're sitting there you know engulfed in flames this is fine I'm fine Oh, oh pa- pack rat, and now you have like fifteen rats out. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, I'm gonna play an ornithopter. I'm gonna play <laughs> turn five to ornithopter. Play an ornithopter. <laughs> I am going to curl into a ball on the ground and cry deeply. Because <laughs> it's um one of the things I remember going there is I remember playing against this girl, and she gave off this really weird vibe, like she maybe she did this intentionally that she didn't know what she was doing. And maybe she just did that to trick up people. Cause she would just give off this, like, she would just sort of space out or something. You know, just, like, you're wondering, like, what the fuck is she doing? You know? And, and then all of a sudden, energy. she... <laughs> maybe. And then all of a sudden, like, the next turn, she'd kill you. Like, wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> but, but, but wait. There was time now. And it she was like probably one of the weirdest people I played against because she would just like you would try to talk to her and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, you know, "Hey, you know, I my name's Matt." You know, "What's your name?" She would just like sort of look at you like as if she's like studying your face. Like, "Hi." Just like, "Oh, whoa, what?" <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just trying to be friendly and you're just I don't know, you're what are you doing to my mind? <laughs> you got, you know, the problem is you guys have two different internal songs playing. Your song's all like, cause I'm happy. Her song is yeah. all like, you've got sunshine and like crazy cartoon characters dancing around. And she's got like angels fighting six headed demons. And like, <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, that wasn't the last time I've been to Armada, but that was the last time I played Standard there. I do want to go back because um, I'm getting a little bored of the meta at Colossal because it, it's very... And there's a lot of non-meta stuff that happens in Standard there, and I'm just... I, I need I need to be challenged by better players in order to get better. So, And I'm just not getting it there, but it's also the closest place for me, and I don't feel like traveling that far to just for an FNM. Because I'm lazy. Right. Well, I mean, if you ever want to go, let me know. I'm always down to go to Armada. Yeah, man. That's um. Well, do you have a standard deck at all? I mean, I actually, I'm I actually just finished my second standard deck. Mm-hmm. I've got, ban- well, no shit. Um, were, you, were you gonna say Bant Company? Are you that guy? Well, no. I, no, I do have Bant Company. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but I also have Grixis Control. But I just realized that. My my Jaces are split between both decks. I don't know if you have two other Jaces. I do. Baby Jaces. Oh, Jace. yeah, I got Baby Jaces. Yeah, so if you ever wanted to play either one, you'd have to just slip some Jaces in. We're talking about Creature Jace, right? Flip Jace? Yeah. Okay. Yep, Baby Jace. Baby Jace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I guess, yeah, I guess I did have to change his name. It's Happy Jace now for the uh, Jace Bellerin. Because it used to be you yeah. had Baby Jace, which was Jace Bellerin, and then you had Mean Jace, which was Mind Sculptor. Yeah. But 
you know, now now there's an actual baby Jace. Yeah, because he's technically the youngest Jace in terms of, I guess, storyline or whatever, since it's his origin card, right. whatever. Um, but yeah, that was just um, one of the more weirder experience. That was probably she was probably one of the the weirdest players. Well, actually, no, there I've played against some fucking bizarre people. I. I'm sure you have too. You're just like <laughs> I played. And... I played a pre-release for um, Battle for Zendikar. My first round. I mean, I was playing Green Eldrazi. I mean, just I was like, I've got the the ramp for it. I can do this. I got this. Full deck. Yeah. Won both rounds. And the end of the last round, I mean, everything was going fine. Guy was kind of quiet, kind of weird. And then he pointed to one of my cards to ask if he could see it. And this guy's fingernails were like an inch and a half long. And I thought they were painted until he tapped on the card and dirt, like literal, like I just got done digging in the dirt. Oh, my card. I looked at my deck because he'd been touching my cards. I just hadn't realized it. You know, I hadn't really been paying attention to him. Realized there's no money in these cards because when I do pre-release, I never make my money back. Oh, yeah. I, I You have that luck, So too. I grabbed the deck. I told the shopkeep I'm going to withdraw, gave him my deck, and walked out of the store and never came back. It was, it was that, that bad. bad. It was the most disgusting thing. I mean, I work in a hospital in the ER, and that was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Oh, jeez. So was he... Crap, what's that dirt kid from the Peanuts? Oh, what's his geez. name? Um, he made that guy look like Dapper Dan. Oh, jeez. This was... And then, like, oh. when you notice stuff like that, you start noticing other things, like he had, like, a hole in his face. And oh, it was God. like what else is wrong with you? <laughs> and then he like was talking and he realized he, he probably hadn't seen a toothbrush and oh. ever. I mean, like he, he just brushed his teeth with other people's worst teeth. Just brushed his teeth with yeah, trash yeah. with his fingers, <laughs> <laughs> the dirt under his fingernails was actually from his teeth. Dude. And it's, that's one thing that, that drives me crazy because, you know, especially people outside of magic, you know, the stereotypical magic right. player, a dirty, disgusting nerd who, you know, doesn't shower and all that. And then you do meet those people and you're just like, come on, man, at least take a shower. Yeah. You know, why are you come? Why are you coming to the shop in dirty ass clothes and you smell like shit? And. Oh, God. Yeah. Wait, it's like, why? I don't try to be, you know. I, I was, you know, I was trying, I guess, not make excuses for them, but try to be, like, you know, sympathetic with their cause or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes it's just like, dude, come on, man. Like, I mean, I went to, I saw a guy at a card shop one time that he had about shoulder length hair that looked like a rubber wig because it hadn't been washed what? and it was all just greasy stuck together. It looked like oh, it reminded me of Murderface from Metalocalypse. 
that's what his hair looked like because it hadn't been jeez. <laughs> oh, it just was stuck in that position. I was I remember looking at him being like, Please don't be my matchup. Please don't be my matchup. And you get called oh, against yeah, him. Always. It's always that guy. Or you know You're just like fuck. I I brought my girlfriend now, I brought her to a uh, a magic event. And that's probably the last time she'll ever go to a major magic event. It was like a PPTQ or yeah, something. She was or... just like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> there was a guy that would. I mean, we passed by him, and he looked up and like noticed her, and just wouldn't stop staring at her. So you know, of course, oh, we God. gotta make fun of her about it. You know, oh hey, you know, so that guy's staring at you, and she's like, "Whatever, you know, it makes me feel nice, though." You know, just <laughs> trying to be nice about this guy staring, and then he got. It's also so fucking creepy. But too. it got to the point where, like, it wasn't just staring. It was like, I could turn around and he'd just be there, you know? <laughs> he was the best, like, butler that I never knew I had. <laughs> <laughs> turn around and be like, oh, Jeeves, thank you. It's about time. Yeah. Man. <clears throat> and, you know, I've been, when I've been to PPTQs and, <clears throat> sorry, IQs and like that, and you see. You know, people just acting like that, especially, especially when you have women players, and then you have the guy that's just drooling all over them. It's like really, oh, yeah. it's it's like they're just people, you know. It just you know she's not going to be your girlfriend. <laughs> she's you know who cares if she's playing magic? She's probably there just to win, just as much as you. So just stop acting she's like not, you know. she's not wearing the low cut shirt. Because she wants you to notice her. <laughs> She's wearing the low-cut yeah. shirt because she wants you to be distracted by her. And not only that, it's Florida. It's hot yeah. as fuck. You're, you're not doing anything that she wasn't expecting to begin with. Yeah. And it's just... oh, those, Yeah, those people drive me crazy. And it's also the ones, like I said before, the ones with hygiene problems. And it's like, I, I'll admit, I've gone up to Colossal... Right after I may have just worked out in the yard or worked out at the gym just to pick up some cards. And I probably smelled pretty bad, you know, but I wasn't there to stay. I was there just to pick up something and leave. But when you're to me, it's always like if I'm going somewhere and I know I'm going to be there for a while, just take a shower, you know, just. <clears throat> yeah. You know, present yourself decently. Oh, yeah. There is nothing worse than it, just walking into a card shop and just. Oh, I'm just getting hit by a wall of like it always smells you know what going into a I've always made this joke where going you can always tell like how good a card shop is by how much it smells like a karate dojo when you open up the door <laughs> that's a perfect way of putting you it you walk in and it's like oh, oh man. god you're like I'm home you know <laughs> but yeah. it's and I've, I've been to some stinky um dojos before because uh i don't know if did i ever tell you that i used to be really into martial mm -hmm. arts we got a conversation i used to um uh all of middle school and high school is in the keto oh yeah that's right we did talk about that um yeah see i've never done a keto i did i no 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 it was judo taekwondo and kumdo is what i studied judo keto and same I, thing, essentially yeah yeah judo was um I only I only did it for about a year. It was fun. I don't really remember much from it, but it was um, it was a, I, I enjoyed it. I, if I were to go back, 
Because it's like, I'm not that into Taekwondo anymore. Because I especially don't like what they're doing with the Olympic sport right. of it. It's just, they're, they're ruining the sport, man. I, I And it's I stopped following it years ago. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, it's, one, I don't even have time to do any kind of martial art anymore. Let alone, you know, try to do magic and all that. Yeah, under the fields. <sighs> yeah, man. It's... who. Why did they say when you're growing up, like, one, I still don't know what I'm doing. Two, why why do I never have time for anything? Yeah. They they never told us that. It's kind of bullshit. You know, it's weird because when you're going through school, you're like, man, I never have time to play video games. And then you have three months out of the year where you can do whatever you want to. You know, now. I miss that so much. You don't get so that three months. There is no summer vacation. <clears throat> yeah, I'm lucky to get off a week. If Adulthood is a constant Jeez. Monday. <laughs> Wait, say Adulthood that again? is a constant Monday. Yeah. Yeah. There, There's definitely a feeling about Friday, though, where it's just like, oh, my God, it's fucking Friday. And then one of my coworkers loves to say, oh, it's Friday. Yeah, just two days till Monday. And I'm just like, I want to kill you right now. <laughs> It's like, why do you say that? You just completely put me in a bad mood. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all in jest, but it's still like, motherfucker, yeah. stop saying it's that. It's almost as bad as someone's got a case of the Mondays. Oh, God. Someone's got a case if you're going to end up in my trunk. <laughs> I mean. You, you know what I've noticed? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but lately, like the past few months, I don't mind Mondays. But f- for whatever reason, I dread Tuesdays. And it's not like there's a difference in my workload on the two days. It's just, I don't know. It something like psychologically is going on where it's, when Tuesday comes around, I'm just like, fuck everything. See, we're at the age now where you've accepted the Monday, and yeah, your your reward for accepting the Monday is Tuesday. Oh God! So is it going to take me another ten years to accept the Tuesday where I start hating Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Oh God! Fuck! And see, it, it works out just perfectly because by the time we get old enough and we're you know in our sixties, we're gonna hate the weekends because everything is busy on the weekends. Oh shit! Oh, when you put it like that, yeah. fuck. Well, by the time I'm sixty, I'm gonna be like a millionaire, and I'm gonna be, you know, rocking the pro tour every year and be the. 60 year old you know just winning every pro tour because i'm just that awesome at magic hell when i retire it's like fuck i'll just go play magic i've told my wife like if we ever won the lotto or anything like that i'm just gonna start a magic career (laughs) well my thing is is you know what you do is you find a product you you find a product that when people buy it they're gonna want to buy more of it continuously I mean, it could be a white powdery product. It could be a green leafy product. You just sell it and buy it and sell it and buy it and sell it. And then you move to Venezuela with other people who sell that same product and buy it and sell it and buy it. And then you just play vintage for the rest of your life after you retire from that. Well, see, the only problem with that is you have a really high chance of getting caught. And <laughs> um, not only that, but it's really hard to find vintage players, though. Especially if you're going to have legit vintage cards. That's because all vintage players are Venezuelan drug lords. Ah, so you need to move to Venezuela. Okay. Or they're Europe. I don't know why it's always Europe. It's Europe and like South America is where you find all the vintage players. 
Yeah. It's, you know, that's one thing that gets me a little miffed, I guess, where I wish I started playing Magic when it first came out. I think when it first came out, I was really into Pogs. Yeah. At the time. Um, and thought, like, Pogs were going to be all the rage and it turns out to be bullshit. <laughs> Everyone's things forever. But, um, yeah, no. I don't, I don't even remember how to play that game at all. It was like you had the slammer or something, and you slam it down and just, oh, I take all these pogs from you now. It's like, wait, what? I'm pretty sure it was kind of like a precursor to Pokemon. You just wanted to collect all these unique ones. You didn't really care how to play the game. You just wanted them. You just wanted the little pieces of cardboard that were under your milk cap. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, um, it's like, it made me wish I played back then, because I can remember when when I got into Urza Saga, they had that magazine that would list um, card prices, and I can still remember to this day Black Lotus being $300. Yep. And just like... Hell no, I'm not going to spend $300 <sighs> on that card. <laughs> yeah, hell no, I'm not going to spend $20,000 on yeah. that card. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, oh, as we've aged... Its dollar amount has just always stayed astronomical to us, you know, in relative terms. You know, when you're you're ten, eleven, twelve, three hundred dollars is like a might as well be a billion, you know. Same thing, you know. Now we're in our you know late twenties, early thirties, and it's like twenty thousand dollars. I'll I'll never see a bulk twenty thousand dollars ever. I'll never have twenty thousand dollars extra that I can go yes. Please give me that piece of cardboard. Well, no, there, there's a way to do this, and I was talking to my friend about this. Um, if you really want an alpha edition Black Lotus, I mean, if you really want to go for the peasant beta edition, because only peasants really get beta edition Black Lotus, <laughs> but if you want the premium alpha edition, what you do, this is what you do. You either get a free money card from, like, the bank, or you get a free money loan, and... You just sign up. You gotta you gotta promise to pay it back or something, and they'll just give you money. I like it. I like this idea. And I I think it works because it's sort of like how I bought my house. I told them I would pay it back, and they just gave me money to buy this house. But did you have to give them a reason why you needed the money? Because I need a house. Okay. Boom. Perfect. I'd like to hear your reason right now. Why you need twenty thousand dollars? Go. Um, I need a black sold. Lotus. Sold American. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all. That's all you do. You just you get a free yeah. money loan. It's like, d don't you ever go to like Lowe's or Home Depot or and they or Best Buy and be like, hey, do you want a free money card? <laughs> I had one of those. It's like yeah. <laughs> Keyword being had. I was yeah. rambunctious. Yeah. Oh, so was I. I remember getting a free money card from Best Buy. I think I'd just gotten out of college and I bought an iPod for like six hundred bucks. And oh yeah, I was a really smart kid. Still am, but um yeah. So it's you know, I'm looking at prices of Black Lotus right now on TCG player. They've only got beta and unlimited, but beta right now is going like a moderately played beta is going for 
low lowest is seventy eight hundred, which you know that's not too bad. You know, you, know. You, you, we've really got a problem. We're sitting here going, you know, seventy eight hundred isn't bad for a black lotus. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, it's always. I was actually thinking about this the other day about perceived value of ju- just magic cards because you know we have perceived value of a lot of things. Like it's when it, it, like just using magic as an example, like a Snapcaster Mage is a perfect example. It's what fifty, sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a problem paying fifty, sixty bucks for a Snapcaster, but I have a problem paying five bucks for I don't know a Goblin Rabble Master, right? You know, or it's just like why I'm not gonna. Why, I'm not going to pay five bucks for that shit, but I'm more than willing to pay sixty bucks for a yeah. card. Oh. And it's just it's it's always amazing to me. Star City has a near mint Alpha Black Lotus. It has what? one. It actually has a scan. You can see it. It's. I mean, this thing looks beautiful. God, why did why did we not play this game back then? Thousand dollars. <sighs> I mean, this thing. Uh, I don't, no, I'm not going to call this near mint. It's got it's got roughing around the edges. I think they're just trying to milk. I mean, for being an alpha card, yeah, it's pretty decent. But I mean, there's scratches on it. Yeah, I can. I see I think it. they knock off um, about nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars. I I completely agree. This is, you know, this looks fake to me. I think they should just give it to me for ten bucks yeah. for prosperity, you know. Yeah, because it's it's ridiculous. Um, but it's 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 funny what you were saying. It's like we look at something, be like, oh, only seventy eight hundred dollars. Oh, that's not too yeah. bad. But we scoff at a card where it's like, what? That's ten bucks. Fuck that card. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's it's just weird things. But I mean, like. I think it's because we realize that if it's if it's high price now, it's probably going to just increase. Whereas if it's five yeah. or ten bucks now, it's probably because it's playing it in standard, or it's played in an, a modern deck that's going to be banned soon, or you know, <laughs> it's a, a, a one of sideboard card for a legacy. You know, it's like it should, it's ten dollars because one legacy deck that's doing really well right now plays one of it in the sideboard. And because Star City wants yeah. them. Yep, and they will get it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's one thing that irks me with Star City. And I can I, I understand they're a business. They need to make money. But it's like, damn, they're always a lot more expensive than what you find on TCG Player or even Channel Fireball, too. Well, I, I, go, through, uh, I go through a Florida store called Cool Stuff. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've bought some stuff from them. They're pretty. I like good. them because I mean I've been buying from them for years. So I mean I've got like a fifteen percent discount on singles. So oh, yeah, shit. I mean it's well when I do this I tell people you know hey if you're gonna buy stuff from Cool Stuff, use my account. And this is not an ad whatsoever no. for them, but it could be because I've actually tried to get in contact with Cool Stuff to say hey do you want to feature Magic Zuby but they I never got a reply back but you know oh, well. You should try harder. We should go to Orlando. Well, and just hey. Well, no. You know that is true that they are that they are in Orlando, but I got I am featured now on legitmtg.com. So that's you know 
still good. It's um, they're they're a pretty cool site. I don't know if you ever, you know, this shameless plug. I don't know if you've checked them out, but they they've got a lot of cool articles on it too. They're um, they're they legit. they also, yeah, they're Sounds legit. Me. But um, th- their their singles are they they don't have, you know, a, as many singles as like Star City, but they have pretty good prices. It's like any anything over two bucks is free shipping. So, that that's I always love that, especially when. You know, you just need to buy like two cards, and they come out to like three bucks. It's like, oh, now you got to pay, you know, an extra three dollars. Yeah. yeah, you're just like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's always annoying, but yeah, end of shameless plug. Um, but yeah, man. Um, shit, what, there was something else I wanted to talk about EDH. Um, so when when did Wizards? When did Wizards officially support EDH? Was it, what, the first Commander product, which came out, what, five years ago by uh, now? 2012, or? I want to say, is when Jeez. it came out. Yeah. And those are, I'd say to date, probably the craziest, most overpowered generals they've ever made. So were, were you involved with EDH a lot back then, when they first came out? Yes. I've and probably when it was it more of a surprise when they first released it were you like was the community happy about it or I don't think I mean everyone was excited for it I don't think I mean I had no idea what was going to happen those sets single-handedly made commander soar I mean just crazy I mean just you had stuff like Animar, you know, Animar up until recently was like the teamer general to play. If you didn't play Animar, it was just, I mean, he's 25 bucks now. I remember getting Animars for like a buck when he first came out. And it's because they're so in such high demand, you know, Damia, my old general was from that set, you know, the, the Mimeoplasm. They were just, it was the first time that commander players had legendary creatures specifically designed for the game of commander and they were bonkers absolutely bonkers and every year that they make a new commander set they just raise up the bonkersness of them yeah, like the past year with the experience counters, which I still need to buy all five commander decks because I've been slacking on it bad. I've been focusing too much on modern and standard, but um, I I will buy them eventually. And um, but e- even like the the um game mechanic of experience counters that was really cool <clears throat> to do. Oh yeah, and it's 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 one of those things where. Experience counters stay on you. It's just like having an infect counter or a poison counter. Yeah. So what it does is it makes your general legitimate no matter how much mana it costs to bring them out. Because you'll always have those counters, which means that your general's ability will always be that pumped up to where it becomes, you know, I have to spend 10 mana to play Marin. It doesn't matter because I'm grabbing Vorinclex or Ulamog Ceaseless Hunger 
out of my graveyard for free, putting it into play. For 10 mana, I'm essentially casting it out of my graveyard. That's insane. So it's it's just... And that's what was cool. However, this one... And this is all rumor and speculation. But, I mean, I buy into rumor and speculation. This was one of the first commander sets where... As spoilers were happening, research and development were changing and re-erotting cards. Like older cards, you mean, the, or the, the, commander the commanders cards? that were coming out? They were changing them as that, like you know, the day after one was spoiled, it was oh crap, you know, that's really strong. We probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, let's try this, which is why we have two commanders in the set that are kind of like lame ducks. Um, Kalemni, which was the Boros commander, says whenever you cast a creature with, uh, I think it's power. It's either power or mana cost five. Um, you get an experience counter. And she is a vigilant double strikey 3-3 that gets plus one, plus one for every experience counter you have. <clears throat> Rumor has it her original um, experience point getter, I guess you could say, was every time you equip Kalemni with an equipment, she get you get an experience counter. Oh, shit. And then she gets... (laughs) uh, It was something along the lines of, if she has... If you have four experience counters, or two experience counters, she has first strike. If you have four, she has vigilance. If you have six, she has double strike. If you have eight, she has flying. If you have ten, she has lifelink. Wow. You know, things like that. So it was kind of cool, because you could start... You could run equipments that didn't give her that naturally. But also it meant that if someone were like, okay, listen, I'm going to destroy her and all the equipment's attached to her, you could just cast her again, and she would already have those those abilities locked in. That doesn't sound broken. The problem was people were finding ways to cast her on turn two with every equipment possible you know, going on to her for free. And I'm going, well, okay. Turn two, I've got a... 3-3 three, three that does yes. And I think from like uh, from 12 on, I think she gained indestructible something. You know, Hexproof was thrown in there. She just exponentially became stronger and stronger and stronger, which I mean, Boros kind of needs it. Boros Commander is like grading, using a cheese grater to shave. It's just a terrible experience. So, I mean, they actually needed this. And I guess it's, I think that's where R&D was going, was we need to make this really strong Boros commander. But not that strong. So that's why she seems really kind of vanilla, is her ability was so broken that they had to scale it back a bit. And instead of scaling it back a little bit, they went, like, full steamrolled it back into oblivion. Um, same thing with Arjun. Arjun's original text, and I remember seeing this um, before it was fixed, was uh, whenever you cast a blue spell, you can pay a red to do three damage to a creature or player. What the Whenever fuck? you play a red spell, you get to pay a blue to draw a card. That's the commander of my dreams, man. <laughs> 
Oh, God, that just... It just screams broken. It screams, is it, though? That was why. Yeah, it does. I mean, you play, you know, oh, I'm going to mind swipe you for three. You're going to take six damage because I'm going to pay the extra two. And then I'm going to draw a card. Hey, man. Oh, oh, hey. Hey. Hey, Hey, yeah, sorry about that. It, I don't know what happened. I don't know if my hard drive didn't get full or something. And maybe maybe my computer seemed to be rebooted because it just stopped recording. So, yeah, we had some technical difficulties because my computer is dumb. And even though I work on computers for a living, I don't know how to, you know, fix them or anything. I just use the good old magical tool called Google. <laughs> but, um, yeah, before we got cut off, you were just talking about Arjun or Arjun and Arjun. and what his um changes were or what he originally was where... I forget. Can you say it again? Originally, he was a an is it general that when you cast a blue spell, you could pay one red mana to do three damage to someone or something. And if you played a red spell and play or paid a blue mana, you got to draw a card. And it was bonkers <laughs> the amount of things you could do with this general. But he was then changed into a worse mind moil, which is essentially when it's, it, he basically says whenever you play a spell, count the cards in your hand, put them at the bottom of your deck, and then draw that many cards. So, I mean, it's cool because you're always getting a new hand, but not nearly as cool as the lightning bolting stuff while you brainstorm. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Yeah, it's kind of sad that they did that. Um, Has that been one of the first times they've done that, where they had to go back? One of the first noticeable times. Um, I believe they had to do work on Ruhan at one point. Uh, Ruhan, he is the uh, one of the original commanders from the commander set back in 2012. Um, he's a 4-drop 7-7. Seven, seven, that's it. Um, but his, I guess you could say, ability is every turn he has to attack, and he attacks someone at random. Which is kind of a cool thing, I mean, it's... But he used to have Vigilance, I believe, so that you didn't have to sit there and waste a an attacker. But, I mean, that just made him too strong, because you had this... <laughs> basically, it was, at the beginning of your combat step, do seven damage to somebody, and then, you know, you, always, you still had this... 7-7 seven, seven blocker on that you could get out and turn two if you wanted to. It was it was pretty crazy. It was well, a really fun general. Well, at least you just give him Vigilance, and that way he doesn't tap. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you can build Ruhan a million different ways. Um, the man who made EDH, um, Sheldon Menery, has a Ruhan deck that is pretty much a you-did-this-to-yourself deck. And it is hilarious <laughs> to see in action. It is, oh, you just drew a bunch of cards? Guess what? Here's like 15... It's it's kind of like... I guess you could call it like anti-douche stacks. Where like... I mean, if, if I was playing Kami against it, I would I would just die outright. I mean... Because it's like, oh, you, you drew five cards? Guess what? Now you have to you know, sacrifice this many creatures and do this. And I mean, just the way it's built, it's built to keep the interest of fairness alive. 
So if you do decide, oh, I'm going to draw 15 cards, and you lose the 15, 20 life that you have to lose to draw those cards, you did it to yourself. You know? Yeah. And it's just... <clears throat> so he does that for like the first five or six turns, and then Ruhan drops, and he'll put... I mean, because Ruhan is um, Jeskai, so he's red-white-blue. He'll drop Steel of the uh, Godhead on him, which gives him plus two, plus two, unblockable, and lifelink. Yeah. So you've got this 9-9 nine, nine general just... <laughs> nothing anyone can do about it except sit there and just pray to God they don't, you know, their number doesn't get rolled. Jeez. <laughs> but, I mean, I've played him, too. I've played him uh, super voltron Just Voltron, he was the only creature in the deck, and the rest of the cards were control. Um... It's kind of like a, I guess, a little Emery archetype. I call it Controltron, where it's just the nastiest, meanest control deck you can think of with a big creature as a finisher. Kind of, um, <clears throat> I did the same thing with like Thraxamundar. Thraxamundar's creature kill with a Voltron commander, essentially. And then the rest of the deck was just nothing but kill spells, counter spells, and tutors. Yeah, when, um, when people say, like, Voltron or Stacks, what, what do they mean by that? Because I hear that a lot in EDH. Um, well, there's many different archetypes for EDH, just like there's many different archetypes for, I mean, any deck. Um, a really popular one for EDH is called Voltron. Um, because you have a general that you have access to um, whenever you have the mana for them, um, and it only takes 21 general damage to kill somebody, you can use that to your advantage and go, okay, well, I'm just going to build this deck geared toward bringing out my general, putting a ton of equipments and enchantments on them, just suit them up, kind of like Voltron, all coming together to make one big monster, <laughs> you know, one big robot, and then swinging. And just getting that 21 general damage. Um... Usually when you're doing Voltron, you want what's called a... You're on a clock. Three-turn clock is kind of like the the spot to be in. <clears throat> um, of course, anything slower, you risk your general getting killed because of board wipes or what have you. Anything faster, your general's going to get killed because any general that can kill someone in two swings is going to die before that second swing. I mean, unless you're playing, like, you know, three people running colorless EDH decks, it's going to die. Oh, jeez. Um, but, I mean, there's... Of course, there's... You have your unorthodox Voltron Generals. You have your very popular ones. Um, Rafika the Many is very popular. Because he gives himself double strike. He gives himself plus one, plus one. He's a four drop that, that technically swings for eight. And he's in great colors. He's in blue, white, and green. Which, Bant is one of my all-time favorite color uh, shards. It's just, it's got everything you need for it. Um, <clears throat> of course, in the same token, you've got green, white. So you've got Sigarda, who is hands down... I mean, and I will... I will clobber whoever disagrees with me. Uh, the best EDH Voltron general of all time. Um, that's fair. 
I mean, she's the fairest best. Um, she's five drop five, five in two really good colors, green, white. Um, she has flying, so she's evasive. She has hexproof, so she's even more evasive. And she can't be sacrificed, which is, like, super evasive. Oh, yeah. And she's in colors for uh, Shield of the Oversoul, which gives her plus two, plus two, flying, and indestructible, which is pretty much, you know, she already has flying, but why not give her double flying? Um, I think the only thing that's better than Sigarda, but isn't as fair... Um, would be something like Ural. Ural's in Naya colors. He uh, He's a five-drop beast. You pop an enchantment on him. For every enchantment he has on him, he gets plus two, plus two. So Roncor turns him into, I'm going to swing at you twice and kill you. <laughs> and then you have Xur, who is just the ultimate Voltron general. I mean, he's, he's an Esper, black, white, blue, super good control colors. He fetches his own... Um, Equipments and enchantments when he attacks. Well, not equipments, but his enchantments. I mean, and then it's just... <clears throat> it's one of those things where once he... All it takes is one attack from Xur to lose the game. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen a Xur deck, but I'm just looking up his card right now. That is... That's pretty crazy. Oh, it's scary because, I mean, they're usually really fine-tuned, so you're getting Xur out on turn two with haste. You attack, and you attach, like, diplomatic immunity to him. So he has Shroud, and it has Shroud. Now, because of the way Xur works, you're not targeting with anything you put onto the field. So he gets past other creatures' Shroud and his own Shroud. So if you've got a problematic... If you've got a Blight Steel, and someone gives it Shroud, and you are, you are screwed, you go, that's cool. I'm going to attack someone else with Xur to kill them off, let's say. And you go, um, O-Ring... It's three mana. It's going to go on top of your uh, your shrouty guy over there. Captain's uh, shiny sides is exiled. <laughs> oh, jeez. He is. I mean, he's really fun to play. Unfortunately, he's just every ounce of degenerate. Um, he's only got about a jillion different combos with him. He's got soft locks, hard locks, dreadlocks. I mean, everything. <clears throat> um just stupidly strong. Um, I had the, I had the pleasure of playing against it and never wanting to play magic in any format ever again. And then I had the pleasure of actually playing it. And it's just, it's awesome. It really is. I recommend anyone that wants to try it. I mean, at least go on tapped out or a site that lets you kind of play test decks and just see how it works. See all the crazy things you can do with it. Um, but like I said, I mean, in the interest of fun, you're, I, mean, I took it apart after like a week because I mean, no one was having fun with it. And you you kind of lose fun with it because you do the same same 10 steps every single game. Yeah. So you're not really playing the game as much as you are just memorizing steps to something it's kind of like memorizing a dance is it feels more like that than actually playing magic yeah i can see what you mean it's and it's like like you, you said it perfectly memorizing a dance it's yeah. it the deck is just one purpose it's get the commander out and then just start playing good stuff right i mean and that's i mean 
you have decks, uh, Voltron decks are usually very commander-centric. They've got support cards. I mean, um, when I built Rafik, I had things in there that, you know, for every equipment on them, this would happen. So if he wasn't on the field, or he wasn't, you know, able to do anything, I still had a, a decent creature list that would get not better advantages from using the stuff that I could throw on him, but advantages nonetheless. Um, one of my favorite things to do was, and everyone laughed at me when I played him the first time, I played um, Metamai, the, uh, what is his name? Metamai, uh, the Ageless. He's the... Um, How do you spell that? M E D. O, M A I. Oh, oh, Met- Metamai. Okay. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's kind of cool. I would never build him as a general because I mean he can't attack on his own special turns. Like, but I mean, it's. I understand why he would just go infinite. Um. <clears throat> but what what people realize is I okay, so, so I played my Metamai. And then the next turn I played Rafik. And everyone's like, well, too bad Rafik. I mean, it didn't have boots or anything to give him haste. And everyone kind of laughed at me. Like, you know, you know, you cast your general. I had one turn left to live. Because, I mean, we're talking about like, three health, maybe. And they're like, and all you're going to do is, you know, you cast your general for what? There's no reason. If you read um, Rafik. He gives, as long as he's exalted, so his exalted ability is whenever a creature attacks by itself, it gets double strike. Yep. So Metamai takes an extra turn on damage. So I got to take two extra turns with Metamai, which sealed... Oh, shit. So it's, it's, you know, it's stuff like that. It's the little things when you're playing EDH where you're like, people sat there and went, same reaction you just had. Oh shit! You know that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> or you know, I had one game where I had Simulacrum with Sword of Fire and Ice. Everyone's laughing because I strapped up, you know, Solemn. But what they didn't realize is I had two creatures that had Exalted, a land with Exalted, an artifact or an, uh, an enchantment with Exalted, and my general on the field. He swung for like sixteen. <laughs> And then burn somebody for an extra, like, four damage. And then I drew two cards. And people just sat there like, you know what? We're done. You you win. (laughs) Nothing we can do about that. Oh, jeez. That's just... Wow. And hearing stories like that, that's just... I I love it. It... EDH, like, like we've said before, it gets down to... Like you said, it's a sandbox for magic, but it's also... God, it's it's almost like a, it's like a, it's like a candy shop, like ooh, you know, I'm gonna have some Snickers with M and M's and you know whatever, like a kids candy shop, like I'm gonna infinite combo with this deck and this deck, I'm just gonna kill you in two turns and just the amount of craziness you can do, I love it. Oh yeah, EDH has always been it's it's controlled chaos. I mean. And the stupid things, and I mean, something I've realized too is, I mean, I had a brief stint, I believe you were there, I came back to Standard for about two weeks. Yeah, I remember that. 
and you start seeing things. Now, I was playing someone's deck. I had no idea what was standard. I was playing uh, our mutual friend George's deck they made for his son. And through playing EDH and through playing, you know, things like Legacy, it helps you see interactions between cards you wouldn't normally see. And that is, hands down, what won me the game. As you sit there, as if you're an EDH player long enough, you know, you, you see things in a whole different light. You don't sit there and go, all right, well, this is pretty cool. It says if I have two of these out, then they get plus four, plus four. All right, that's kind of cool. Or for every one that I have out, I have plus four, plus four. You'll have a lot of standard players, a lot of legacy players, or modern players go, you know, you can probably have like two or three out. That'd be pretty cool. An EDH player will go, yeah. But is is plus four, plus four really that good when I'm already making a billion of them? You know, it's, it's that, oh, I found a way to make this even better. I found a way to make this even better, you know? Metamai the Ageless. I'll just give him Double Strike, you know. Um, Ojitai. You know, I'll give him Vigilance and Double Strike. And I'll, you know, essentially scry six. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's crazy stuff like that, you know. Uh, Rafika the Many. Putting swords on him says you win the game. You just, you won. And if anyone tries to beat you, you throw Rafika at them and watch them as they cry. It's just, that's what happens. Um, You know, it's even uh, your general, who almost was the group hug general that Kami turned into, was Krufix. A lot of people didn't realize Krufix's mana storage works with the Eldrazi that require wastes. Yeah. So you've got things, you know, like that. Now you've got Krufix decks where Eldrazi's are coming out turn five, turn six, and not just, like, one or two Eldrazi's. We're talking, like, I've dropped all 15 of these cards in my hand, and I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> I refuse. So Yeah, he's defi- he definitely can be degenerate. Oh, yeah. But he's great, too. I mean, like, I had a, a whole big plan for him being group hug. You know, have Kami in there, have all the special things. And he, I mean... His mana storage is so good that you can sit there and go, turn four, I'm going to cast Prosperity for five. And everyone's like, yay, we're drawing five cards. You know, turn seven or eight rolls by and you're like, hey, guys, I'm going to cast Prosperity for 370. Everyone's like, oh, you're an asshole. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's funny. It's, he's, I mean, but that's another thing I like too is, you know, you've got... A lot of people, you can type in on, you can, I'll do it right now. I'll go to Google, and you type in Crufix. I guarantee you have, out of if there's 20 decks, 17 of them will be unique. You know, and that's, this is one of the things, that's, that's what makes a really good EDH commander, in my opinion. I mean, because you have some, that you, they pigeonhole you into certain things. You just yeah. you have to play it this way. It's, you know, it's this way or no way kind of thing. So that's, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just kind of, kind of doing it live. I forgot what the question was. Uh, I don't even remember the question either, but, um, we were talking about, um, 
what what stacks and what Voltron mean. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we went over Voltron. Now what stacks? I hear that a lot. <laughs> stacks was it's actually a legacy deck. It is response to combo essentially. And the key card to a stacks style deck is the card Smokestacks. Um, it is an artifact. I believe it's four mana. Every upkeep, you put a soot counter on it. And um, everyone has to sacrifice a permanent for every soot counter on Smokestacks. Oh, jeez. Now, because of the way magic works is say I've played this, my next upkeep I pick how both of these abilities resolve so what I do is I say okay, I have zero soot counters on it, I am going to sacrifice nothing I am then going to put a soot counter on it <laughs> so everyone for that turn has sacrificed something and then it comes to your turn and you go I'm going to sacrifice one thing then I'm going to put a soot counter on it. So everyone is always getting rid of more than you are. And that's basically what the rest of the deck is, is it's tons of things that have, you know, when a creature enters a battlefield, you have to sacrifice a land. When, um, you know, uh, whenever you play a spell, if it shares, you know, you can only play a spell if it shares a different color than the spell cast before it. Just, it, it, makes it almost impossible for anyone to do anything. Except you run cards in there that say, you know, when so-and-so sacrifices something, you draw two cards. You know, it's just... So you're getting ridiculous advantage out of their disadvantage, and it's you're two-for-wanting everything. And one of my favorite all-time characters in Magic the Gathering is the best stacks commander you could ever play but she's stupidly banned, and it makes me upset. And it's Braid's Cabal Minion, who, if you've ever seen Blue Braids, the one I used to play, she's the exact opposite. Instead of every player getting a artifact, land, or creature on their upkeep for free out of their hands, she makes you sacrifice one of them on your upkeep. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I can see why she's banned. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, she's mono-black, so it's, you know, turn one, you know, land. We'll, we'll be realistic here. We'll say, like, land and then uh, some kind of zero-cost mana rock drop Bitter Blossom. I mean, that's, like, the perfect hand you could have for her. Because yeah. turn three, turn four, you know, well, turn two, you, I'm going to cast Dark Ritual and cast Braids. You've won the game. Because you'll always have more fodder than anyone else to sacrifice. So they'll be having to sacrifice lands, and you're still sitting there sacrificing your uh, your fairy token from Bitter Blossom. <laughs> <clears throat> I actually... Someone at the shop tried to build Mogus stacks. And Mogus is actually really good for stacks. Uh, the god from Journey... <laughs> whatever it's called. Journey into Nyx. Journey into Nyx, there we go. Um... His ability is oh, kind he was of actually like, born uh, of the gods. I mean, his ability itself. Oh well, you know, six of one, half dozen. <laughs> but you know, there's going to be someone on the podcast who's going to email me, and be like, actually, at minute fifty 
of when in your previous <laughs> episode, Mogus was incorrectly stated as journeying to next one. He's actually born of the gods. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's very born of the gods. Um, so his ability is the perfect example of stacks. You're either going to take two damage or you're going to sacrifice a creature. That doesn't sound, especially in EDH, where you've got decks that can spit out 30 creatures. Yeah. Your life total starts at 40. It doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. But when you play Mogus correctly, I mean, and I, in no way, I've had to play against a Mogus like this, and I'm competitive and thought it was the worst experience of my life. Um, he's very land destruction based, and he's just everyone sacrifices everything, everyone sacrifices everything. The goal is to keep only Mogus on the battlefield. Every other permanent is gone. So that you're having to take that two damage every turn. Oh, jeez. So 20 turns a century later. I mean, they'll throw a couple of burn spells in there, but that's really all all it is, is I'm going to play my land and maybe a creature for turn, and then on their turn, blow it up. That's just nasty. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, stacks also comes in, I mean, many varieties. You have enchantment stacks, you have artifact stacks, and you have one of my favorite stacks decks ever, which is Zergo Helm Smasher. He is what I jokingly call board wipe tribal. He's indestructible in your turn. So he is actually kind of the best of both Boltron and stacks because you are constantly making it. So no, I mean, no one else has anything. I mean, you, the perfect game for um, Zergo is turn three Zergo, turn four Jockle Hops. I mean, because he survives, and you just sit there yeah. dome people for seven constantly after that. Um, so you've got that. He's a three-turn clock. You could put an enchantment on or, you know, a equipment. There's really no need to, but you could. And he's stacks because, I mean, it's just wave after wave after wave of just nonstop destruction. And it's a very special kind of stacks. It's just, I mean... Uh, it playing it was the most satisfying, most satisfyingly evil I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> um, I I was playing against my buddy who I actually gave the deck to. He liked it so much that was his birthday gift one year. It was here, man. You like this so much? Here's here's Zergo. Um, I was playing him and my girlfriend, and both of them looked at me and were like you will never see us again if we ever see this deck again. Wow. It was, I mean, it was really brutal, but really kind of fun to play in a, a mean, sadistic kind of way. God. Like, like I said, you're definitely a masochist, and it's, um, <laughs> you thrive on people's pain, but hey, it's hilarious, though. I mean, sometimes I don't even do it, like, intentionally. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, and I've seen this from a lot of other players too, is you sit there with the best intentions of having a fun game. Oh, yeah. And then you look at everyone's faces, and they're just peering into your soul, hoping that they can just mentally break you out in flames, you know? Um, I had what I thought was actually a really funny deck, because it was two colors that I'd never played together in EDH, and... It was a general that no one had heard of. 
Which one? His name is Thromok the Insatiable. Thromok the Insatiable. I'm looking him up. Devour X, where X is the number of creatures devoured this way. Yep. These creatures with X, one, one counters for each of those. Okay, go on. So, I figured I would build him... Um, I would throw Mage Blade in, which says whenever uh, equipped creature attacks, defending player takes damage equal to attacking creature's power. So before it even does attack damage, it's like, I could do, like, 15 damage to you. Haha, that's that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, I also had stuff like Fling and, like, Chandra's Ignition, things that just would sacrifice him or make him do damage equal to his power to everybody. You know, <laughs> things like, I, you know, I had greater good. Because I was like, you know, okay, you know, I'll be able to draw, like, ten cards off of him. The first game I ever played with him, it was turn four, and he was, like, 175, 175. I mean... Only? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that's my general. Next turn, I draw into Chandra's Ignition, and it's like, well... I win. Sorry! I mean, and it was it was four games in a row of that. Where it was just... Oh, guys, it's like turn five. He's a 200-200 right now. <laughs> how? Jeez. I don't... I don't know, guys. It just... This is how it happens, okay? This is how magic is played. Yeah. Alright. You guys are playing it wrong. Emery, what are you doing over there? I'm making babies. I mean... <laughs> I don't know... You know, but, you know... I had every intention. This was actually supposed to be my deck to play casually. Yeah. And I've got people sitting there like, listen, man. Listen. I'll pay you never to bring that to the shop, you know. Um, but, I mean, so, and eventually it turned into Shatter Gang Brothers, which I actually, someone at the shop, I've never seen him since, but he messages me on uh, on Tapped Out every now and then to let me know how the deck is working. I brought Shattergang Brothers to the shop because after Thromok became Shattergang because I was mad because it's like, this guy's as casual as casual can be. Let me show you stacks. And Shattergang, oh, I mean, they're the master of stacks. They are like the proprietors of Haterade. They just, they, everyone hates Shattergang. Um, some kid, never seen him before, decided to sit down and play with me. He, I walked out when I was done to go walk outside and talk to people because you know I, I just won the game and it was like an hour and a half long game. It was miserable for everybody but me. He walked up with a hundred dollar bill and was like, "I would like to buy the rights to be able to play that deck the way you have it built." And I was like, "Do you you want the actual cards?" He goes, "No, I just want the rights to it." And I was like, "Well, man, it's it's." free and he was like no no he goes the deal is you can never play it again but I want to be able to say that I built it okay cool sure man yeah I mean, 100 bucks why wouldn't I um and as far as I know he is almost undefeated with that deck <laughs> wow was it a pretty expensive deck to build the way you built it or you know it's, what's funny about stacks is there's maybe like most stacks cards are in a 2 to 3 dollar range <laughs> yeah Except for, like, you know, so you go from, like, a 2 or $3 card, and there's, we'll say, 60 of those you need, but then there's, 
like ten, five, six hundred dollar cards you need for it because they were printed in like legends. All the good so, cards. It's it just depends on how deep you want to go into the stacks. Um, I personally didn't get them because they were cards that, for one more mana, did the same exact thing. And it's kind of like, it's EDH. I can wait the extra turn for stacks. You know, yeah. They're not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he didn't buy any card off me. He bought the idea for me, essentially. Ah, okay. Which was a really weird... I mean, it, everyone kind of looked at him like, Really? <laughs> Shut up, guys. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't buy the deck, he just bought the quote unquote rights? Yes, he bought the idea. Okay. Okay. So it kinda of like if you went on like my tap that account or like, listen, I wanna play you know, I'm buying the idea of Sidri off of you. You know. You wouldn't be able to afford it because it's my baby, but Yeah. Um, okay. I at first I thought you just sold the deck, but Oh, if oh. he's just buying the rights, I'm just like, okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> That's the thing is, everyone outside was like, dude, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm sitting like, shut up, man, I'm trying to make a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. Um, that's that's funny. Yeah. Um, There's been one commander I've been wanting to build, and every time I mention it to um Skid, he always, like, he tells me to, like, basically go kill myself. And it's um, Aisha Tanaka. I want to build a banding deck. Oh, like, you you just called me a masochist? <laughs> you know they had to reword, like, 90% of banding, right? Like, it was supposed to have been gone away. And they're like, well, we're going to keep, like, two or three things from the original banding. Well, what did they keep over? Because, I mean, I know how it originally was played, but I'm not sure how it's played now. It's... If what I was told correctly is you, they attack, they do damage as one. Oh, here, you know what? It's like playing the old Audric. You decide how everything is attacked and blocked. You can actually, you can essentially use your creatures that are attacking to kill other creatures if you want to. Or just have them unblocked. I think. Skid tried okay. to explain it to me. And I remember not really understanding banding back in the day. And I just, I hear the word banding and my brain goes, nope, nope, Mm -mm. nope, not doing it. Yeah, I I can see why. It it was probably one of the most convoluted um, mechanics in the game. And that's kind of why I want to build it, just to have everybody hate me. I would rather play... High Tide in Legacy without a calculator than play Banding. (laughs) So, Banding... I should make a Banding deck for Legacy. And just... uh, Maybe maybe that's how I can win Legacy games. People just see, you're playing Banding? Alright, Scoop. You win. I had a buddy (laughs) that he built an EDH deck that was Words Tribal. Everything on the card, like the rules text for like whatever card it was, was so long and hard to understand that people just gave <laughs> up in frustration. And they're all old cards. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, at the beginning of your turn, do this. It would be like, 
you know, at the start of the post blah 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 phase of this and that, before you draw your card, but after your, you know, <laughs> your untap. So I mean, it was you know. Oh yeah, I remember old, those old wording cards. You know, and then of course he had it was black was in the deck, so we had chains of Mephistopheles on there, which is like the only card in Magic that you actually need a flowchart to understand. And he'd sit there and try to explain to people, and you'd see the look on their face, and they would just do like that weird like I'm in disgust head shake, and then pick up their cards <laughs> and walk away. He never lost, but he never won. I mean, he. People just left the game. So technically he won. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Illegal actions. Illegal actions. Yes. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite old cards that the text is just unnecessarily long is Cocoon from, what is it, Legends? Where it's tap target creature you control and put three charge counters on Cocoon. If there are any charge counters on Cocoon, that creature does not untap during your untap phase. During your upkeep, remove one charge counter. During the upkeep, after the one in which the last charge counter was removed, put a 1-1 one, one counter on the creature. The creature gains flying and bury Cocoon. Just like, holy fuck, that's a lot of words. <laughs> so, what did you just call me? Yeah. <laughs> and um, an another one of my favorite ones... That is just unnecessarily wrong. It or long is nameless race. Oh yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Pay, God, what is it? Star life, I guess. Star being whatever the. If I remember right, I mean, it's it's an old from the dark card. Yeah, and it's like pay. It's before X. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um. So it's it's like. Affects like okay when it comes to like you pay X life to play it, or when it comes into play, pay X life yeah. when yeah bringing it into play. Um, and it's like it can't be higher than the total number of white cards all opponents have in play and in their graveyard. <laughs> it's so specific, and then it turns into a creature. That's life total becomes the life paid. Or it's power and toughness becomes the life paid. And it's just I yeah, it's it's his deck had stuff like this in it, and it was just bonkers. <laughs> so Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh man. But uh Yeah man, so I guess let's get into some non-magic stuff. So we talked about you getting done with EMT. Um, what else has been going on? Has it just mainly been school and work and all this other stuff? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, just uh, school and work. Um, mostly school, though. Um. I do have to let you go, though. All right. All right. We'll we'll briefly end it here. So we are back, and it seemed like you had a fun time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> but, um... Oh, shit. What were we talking about? I already forgot. God, my memory sucks. I, I don't know. I think how we were going to shamelessly plug how... 
I built the best Sidri deck that was ever built. Cough, cough. Wink, wink. Oh, that's right. Um, <coughs> <laughs> so what makes it the best? Ha- have, I mean, have you taken that to a lot of competitive events? or? Uh, yes. Um, it's one of those, it's another on paper, it's terrible. In action, it's actually really good. Um, when I first went to Colossal, it was a deck that I brought with me. And I figured everyone was as competitive as my last shop. And that's the first day I ever met Skid. And he was like, I, I don't ever want to see that again. No one is going to like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. No, what we're actually going to talk about is you said you want to start talking about stuff that was uh, outside of the magic community. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, shit. Oh. That's right. Um. This is sort of related to magic because um, there's a Grand Prix happening in North Charlotte or North Carolina in Charlotte, and um, one of the big things I just had a guest um, Emma Handy. I don't know if you've heard of her. Mm-mm. She's um, she's a Star City Games Pro grinder. Um, you, you know, has made a bunch of top sixteen, some top eights, right, um, and opens and invitationals and all that, and some classics. And I was talking with her last night. At, at the time of this recording, but by the time this comes out, it'd be talked to her a week ago. So, um, and one thing, you know, we were starting to talk about was the bathroom law that's going on. And I guess I just wanted to hear your thoughts about it. Wait, I'm sorry. What was it again? The, the, the bathroom law that's like being blown up about mainstream media about, oh, you know, how transgenders are, you know, can't go to the bathroom, you know, whether they... Um, you know, tra- trans um, have become trans women or trans men. Oh yeah, um, uh, I I don't care where you poop. <laughs> <laughs> the best way, that's the best thing I've heard. I mean, I do to an extent. Don't poop on me. I mean, that's <laughs> that's my thing. I mean, the way I see it is, you know, it's. The same way people will talk about how gun control, you know, saying this is a gun-free zone isn't going to stop people from bringing a gun there. Saying that this is a, you know, trans-free zone isn't going to stop. Or, you know, basically putting up a sign that says women's only is not going to stop someone that's really desperate from going in there and trying to see and fondle women. I mean, yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't really see, I don't see a point in the argument. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, they've been going into the same bathrooms for years. Hey, who, who cares? That everyone's there for one reason. I mean, I'm there for two reasons, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> number one and number two. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes the number three, which oh, I mean, in, the infamous number three. But, um, yeah, I guess to try to play devil's advocate, um, I listen to, uh, you know, some, I I like to hear both sides of the argument and a lot of the, the people that are against it are basically saying that, oh, well, so if, if, you know, people who have, you know, made the transition from a man to a woman or a woman to a man, or, 
or what they claim they self-identify as a man or woman. You could just basically, you and I can basically say, well, I now self-identify as a woman. I'm going to go to the woman's restroom now. And then they're basically stating that, oh, a bunch of child molesters are going to do that and go molest your kid in the bathroom. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> a child molester could go into a bathroom and molest your kid without saying that he was, you know, without saying I identify as a woman. I feel like this is one extra step that a child molester is <laughs> probably not even thinking about. I know. But it's <laughs> it's that kind of mindset that just, one, boggles my mind. And like I said, I'm trying to understand the other side of the argument, the people that are against it. But I just, to me, it's just such a non-issue. I think what it is, I mean, because when I first heard this issue, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've, I'm, you know, I don't care if, you know, humping sheep is your thing. If you're a cool person, you're a cool person. You know, it's, and it's, I've always been like that. But like when I heard that they're, you know, basically just open bathrooms, the first thing I went to was, oh God, a woman might see my pee pee. And then I realized that if a woman really wanted to see it, she would just, Hey, let me see it. I mean, so it's, it was one of those things where it's like, I can see, I feel like people got like scared and like tensed about it. Everyone did initially. They're like, Oh God, no, yeah. like that. And then you had the people that were like, well, I mean, it's, it's going to happen regardless of what we do, you know? Yeah, okay. Who cares? And then you had those people that still just stayed tense about it. And it's like you can't get it through their head that it's already happening now. Yeah. You know, there's there's not like some – and it's it's really kind of like I think a, more of like a smear campaign that they used like back in the late 80s and early 90s where, you know, if if a man's gay, he's going straight for your kids. If a woman's gay, she's going straight for your kids, you know? Yeah, I remember those. You know, it's – you can't have a gay teacher because she's going to – touch your, you know, daughter, or he's going to touch your son kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's th that old, like, late 80s, early 90s propaganda that is still stuck in, like, alive in people today. And it's just, it's like, why, you know? Yeah, you made a good point that it's happening now. And there's... Why Why is it all of a sudden an issue now? And I understand it's election season, you know, and when I was talking with Emma, she made a really good point that, you know, now that gay marriage is a non-issue, you know, now that gay marriage is legal across the states, they need something else to, you know, get all hoity-toity about and get all pissed off, you know? Right. So there's, there's always issues, and I, I, I almost feel, and I hate to get all, like, you know, conspiracy theory about it. But it just it comes boils down to it's easier to conquer a divided people than a unified people. And it almost feels we have so much stuff right now, so many like categories we have to put ourselves into that it's amazing that we have the same or shared ideas with anybody else when you think about it. Because I mean, you and I are almost middle aged white nerds. But according to, like, government standards and according to social standards, you and I couldn't be any further apart, even though, I mean, we're friends, we hang out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's just, it's it feels like the more they can, we, we can be divided, 
the easier it is to convey what message they want. They can sit there and say, you know, <clears throat> you you want to vote for me because I do this and because you like this. It's 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 almost like politicians are kind of like Amazon. You know, you ordered free speech for everybody. You might also <laughs> like same-sex bathrooms. I mean... <laughs> yeah, and it's... Like, like I said, I, I it feels like I'm banging my head against the wall when I hear all this stuff on news, and it's... You know, and, and the conspiracy nut in me is also basically saying, you know, what are they... What are they trying... What kind of bills are they trying to pass right now that the that they're not talking about <clears throat> that's just going to fuck our freedom even more while everybody's focused on this bathroom issue. Yeah. Cuz you know or or what next 911 thing is going to happen, you know, to put put right, your it's... tin foil hat on, you know, there something's happening at Area 51 <laughs> and there's chemtrails and we've got the documents to prove it and all that stuff. Yeah, or you know, what did it could even be something simple, like what did some senator, or, you know, who did some senator kill and shove into his, you know, trunk, or shove in front of a train, and then yeah. he he became vice president and then became president, and his wife left him and then she came back and became his vice president. That sounds like sounds like a plot of a TV show I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that at all, House of Cards? You were. Everyone brings it up. Everyone tells me to watch it. I like watching really light-hearted TV. Oh, okay. I, I don't do anything serious. I figure, you know, working at the hospital, everything's serious, you know, future job, everything's going to be pretty serious. I like to kind of, if I'm watching a movie, it's going to be a comedy. Or a musical, because musicals. Oh, I love musicals, man. Um, it's, I think that my, the, my favorite musical that I've seen live was Cats and Lion King. Those were probably my two favorites that I've seen. Yeah, I just saw Lion I mean, I've seen Lion King before, but I saw it uh, just this past year at uh, the Strata Center. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Dude, I just find like it... I remember it. Yeah, I find it better than the movie, the, the cartoon. It's it's just that good. Um, I, I really want to see The Book of Mormon, though. Oh, the one from... Um... Whatchamacallit, the the guys at South Park. Yeah. Yeah. That just looks hilarious. Uh, probably another good musical that I've seen was Les Mis. That that was good live, if if you uh, ever have a chance to see that live. I've uh I've seen it multiple times live, actually. So uh, my family's oh, nice. my favorite my family's favorite musical. You know, it couldn't be like Grease or something. No, it had to be Les Mis. <laughs> yeah. And the movie that came out a couple years ago. It, it wasn't a bad adaptation. I, I enjoyed it. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, man. Um, shit. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because one Grand Prix Charlotte's happening there and, you know, and there was a whole hubbub in the magic community that, you know, what, what's the convention center going to be like? Because there are, you know, trans people in you know, magic and there are some pro players that are trans and it's, you know, it was a concern. And to me, it's just, it frustrates me because it's like, why, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. 
It's like, why are we focusing our energy it's on such this? A... You know, and, and I don't yeah, mean, it's... I don't know, man. You probably know what I mean. It's just, it's like there's so many other important things to be working on, like healthcare and healthcare and getting rid of Obamacare. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that just opens up a can of worms. I won't get into that. Um, I mean, but you make a good point, you know, it's kind of like, why focus on such a, a, a trivial issue when there's, and maybe, maybe that's what this is supposed to do is stop people from focusing on the facts, you know, stop focusing on the question of what they're going to do with Obamacare. Yeah. You know, stop focusing on why is America number six in poverty number one yep. in um, incarcerated persons per, you know, per household per, I mean, it's, it's, that's probably, I mean, that's the, that's the crap they feed us. They give us crappy music. They give us crappy TV. They give us crappy multimedia. And all it does is tell you everything is okay. And it's party time. And it's, don't worry when reality, you should probably worry. We got too many people, that care too much about, you know, the stupid things like gay rights. I mean, they're not stupid in of themselves, but arguments that are kind of stupid. They're people. They have rights. Yeah. Trans rights. They're people. They have rights. I mean. Yeah, and it's just I, ridiculous. And and at, let, let me circle back a little bit. I don't – when I say to get rid of Obamacare, I just mean it's – what it's done has been great in terms of getting people affordable health care, but it's also – it's affected me. It's also affected my job too in the sense where uh, working in healthcare IT, it's – we've seen you know, insurance payouts go way down when, when that was finally implemented. So what that means is we have to basically double the volume of work. To be able to, you know, even maintain the company profits. So not only does that really suck, but it's also caused employee insurance, like coat premiums, like way up. It's like when I first started at my job before this was back at 2011, before Obamacare even really fully went into effect for my whole my family of four, it cost about less than $400 a month for all of us to be under, you know, decent insurance. Now it's up to 6 650 a month. Well, I mean, in fairness, it's your fault for having a family. I know, right? <laughs> Shit. Fuck, fuck myself, you know. <laughs> well, if you had, then you wouldn't have to worry about this. I know. Jeez. But I mean, it's it's just things like that that every year the premiums are going up and my co-pays are getting higher. And it's just like, I, and while it's great that everybody else is able to get more health care, but it's also like, well, how, when is enough going to be enough? And when is it, and also that it's mandatory to have health care now? It's like, really? Why? Or, 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 I mean, not that it, not that it's bad to have health care. It's just, if you don't have it, you're being penalized. Right. You're, you're penalizing someone that already, I mean, We'll say a good majority of people that don't have health care now either don't have a job or just they just can't afford it. Yeah. So what are we doing for those people that can't afford it? Guess what? We're charging you for it. Whether yeah. we're charging you for it and then not giving it to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 
I was lucky enough, I don't know how this happened, but this last tax season, I was somehow exempt from, I don't have healthcare right, or uh, health insurance right now, and I was exempt from it. I don't know how, I'm not going to ask questions why. Did you at least have it for a month or anything? No, I didn't have it at all. Did you at least have it for a day? No. Not, not even a day? Because no. I know if you have it for at least a month, you can be exempt. Yeah, I had it for nothing. I think the and you know what might have happened is where I worked, they have you as probationary, and you have to sign under my works insurance for your probationary period. Ah, so it's the only thing I can think of. But I mean, but... Jen, I mean her income tax check was like dismal because they now charge you. Seventy something dollars a month, which is the price of their lowest insurance package for not and having it, it. It's probably like absolute shit too. Yeah, we all, you have a six thousand dollar deductible. What? Oh, only that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, don't even get me started on deductibles too. It's like it. My company's deductible goes up every year, and it's just like, oh, but if you want the better deductible, you know, you have to. You know your premium is going to be way more. Just like, oh great. And... Yeah, and you ever you talked to like a, a sketchy insurance salesman? Because that's really what they all are. Um, they'll pull the well. If you want the better deductible, you should love your family enough to spend the extra like fifteen bucks. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. First off, I'm a family of one. <laughs> the fact that you're implying that I am two people. Is a correct and b offensive, but ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah, yeah. We can go in circles about that, but I just wanted to bring that up also because we're both in healthcare, and it's just God, it's it's ridiculous. But also where we are, well, I mean, like Hernando County and Pasco County has, for Florida at least, so many weird programs. I mean, my mother went to the hospital. She just lost her um, health insurance. They just said, oh, by the way, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I see your point. No was a pretty strong answer to why. But um, they just, I mean, one day we're like, hey, listen, your health insurance is cut off. No more. And then, like, the next day she had, like, she went to, like, partial renal failure. <laughs> oh, shit. So... She went to the, I mean, the hospital that I, I work at, and I didn't realize they did this. She basically stayed for free for like three days. They were like, you you get this program, this program, this program, this program, and this program, and you're one of like three percent of people that qualify for this. She got it all faux frizzle, like wow, and they're like, it happens to like. 15 people a month that you just get your free whatever. That's not bad, but... And it's like... It's not bad, but I also... I mean, I'm happy because she didn't have to pay for it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, where did that money come from? Well, someone's paying for it. Yeah, so it's that's like, why did, why did she... I mean, once again, not complaining, but it's like, why can't everybody just get that? You know? Yeah. No, what's... What um happened to me recently was... My kids were on um, the state, the state insurance, healthy kids, mm -hmm. and 
I was only paying 20 bucks a month for both of them. All of a sudden, they decided to up my premium to 600 a month. So that was quite a jump from $20 to 600 And <laughs> it they claimed that the reason why they made it go higher was because they claimed that according to what I make at my job, that I make about $8,000 a month. And first, I want to know where the hell they got that figure. And two, <laughs> why am I not making $8,000 a month right now? <laughs> I mean, is my work telling me something that I don't know? Because, I mean, I'd love to be making that right now. It was just like, it just boggles my mind that it's it's almost like the incompetency of it, too. Because, like, I've, I've had to, I'm still battling this right now that I've sent them emails, called them, like, shown them pay stubs like i do not make this much money please go back to where it was i have not you know suddenly gotten a raise or anything like that i'm still making the same amount of money i did last year you know it's like what the fuck yeah it's it's frustrating as fuck man and that is adulting for you oh yeah (laughs) best way to adult and i i'm looking at my desk right now and I feel like such an adult. I have um, magic cards strewn all about my desk because I'm um, kind of fiddling around with my god deck again. Okay. Just, just, just doing a little bit updates here and there. I mean, nothing big at all. Just um, what the what the fuck did I add to? Oh shit, where's my deck? Oh god, did I get? Uh oh, Emery, I think I fucked up. Because I have, like, some piles of cards, and I think I may have accidentally... Oh, no. Oh, no. Because um, I, I unsleeved it all because I was, you know, wanting to make changes. Oh, shit. I fucked up. So, my night is going to be trying to find my deck. <laughs> oh, God. I'm I'm really awesome at Magic, by the way, in case you didn't know. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've seen you firsthand lose to me. <laughs> Yeah, that fucking burn deck. <laughs> I think I was playing um, the Insole Artifact deck, too, at the time. And you know what's funny is you were the only person that I was afraid of that night. Really? Yeah, I was like, I keep hearing... I think it's the way Skid says your voice. He's always like, Matthew Zabritzker! And it's like, oh man, why do you just say it like that? He must know something that no one else knows. Oh. And then we played, and I was like, he's going to destroy me. And then you're like, okay, you win. And I was like, what? No. What? What? <laughs> I, yeah. I do what? <laughs> yeah, no. It it was just like, I don't remember the exact games, but it was just like, well, shit. Yeah, okay. It's like, yeah, uh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Um, but I miss some of the standard players, though. I yeah, it's... The crying... <laughs> The crying oh is what I missed. Yeah, th- there was that that one kid who played nothing but mono green and standard. It's funny, I was thinking, when I was saying crying, and I missed the crying, it's exactly who I was talking about. Yeah, and and I did something bad one night where I, I can't remember what deck I was playing. I may have been playing, I may have gone to the dark side and played Abzan during that, and I... I was in a really good mood, and I was in one of those, I don't really give a shit how well I do, and I could tell he was having such a bad night that I purposely did bad to let him win, 
and he because every like every card I would play he would because I beat him like really fast game one and he was it looked like he was just on the verge of tears and so like games two and three I purposely did really bad and it's like oh I'm not drawing anything and just to give him the win because I felt bad because he was just in a you you could just look in his face like he was just really sad or something. And just like I and people were telling me like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You know, that's just going to enable him. And I, I can see that argument, but I'm just like, you know, I don't care. It's FNM. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it, he, he was happy that he won. And, you know, at least I felt like I did something good to him. To see, where where <laughs> how people I guess I guess how I feel people think about me when it comes to like EDH is exactly how I treat people when it came to standard. <laughs> so, like, I played him, and I was, I mean, he was at, like, three health for the longest time, and I was playing um, red deck wins. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, oh, man, you got this. You got this. You got this. And he's all happy and excited, and he goes to kill me, and I'm like, exquisite blood. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, you dead, son. You did. <laughs> he's like, oh. oh, he's like, what? And I was like, dude, I've had this in my hand for the last like four turns. <laughs> that that's evil. That's evil. Why'd right you there. wait? And I was like, because I wanted to see you smile. <laughs> oh, you are evil. Oh man. No, one of my there was another time I got him really mad. One time, um, I was playing a homebrew teamer deck. When I thought Teamer was going to be good in the beginning of cons. When you thought wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people did because Savage Knuckleblade was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially in draft. That was that card was bonkers. But um, so I built a deck around Savage Knuckleblade and um, shit, not Sarkon. Um, crap. What's the the six drop that where creatures can't be countered? I'm yes. drawing a blank. Uh, Sorok. Sarok, that's right, Sarok, not Sarkon. Um and he 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 was playing mono green of course and he got up to like 30 life and he got me down to like 5 or something. I had Sarok out on the field and he had a monstrous arbor colossus or something. Yeah, okay. And so I I had a whole bunch of mana out. So I only had my Sarok out and he only had the the Arbor Colossus and a he he kept that untapped, but he had a he had a tap creature, like a flying creature or some or I don't know whatever it was, and so I played Active Treason to take his Arbor Colossus, and then I Twin Flamed both, um not both my creatures but Twin Flamed the Arbor Colossus to, you know make a copy of it and it just turned out to be just enough damage to kill him and he was, he just looked at me just like. Are you are you fucking kidding me? That look, <laughs> it, that that looks the best look, because he goes from kind of a derpy look to a, <laughs> yeah, some weird noise, some half beast noise. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was um, so fun beating him. But yeah, you know, it it, it was. But like I said, I also felt bad some nights because it was just because you're wrong. <laughs> Never feel bad about something like that, man. Come on. Standard. I know, but it's like... Well, one, it's FNM. If it was a PPTQ or IQ, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck how you're feeling, you know? Your feelings are nothing to me, but, you know. 
But um, there's, yeah, we've had a few interesting people at our shop. Uh, we had that husband and wife couple that would bring their baby for all hours of the day. Oh, I I, I promised I would, I would tell the story, if you brought it up. We're not going to name names. We're not going to name names. However, but you know exactly who oh, I'm yeah. talking about. Do you know who got them to leave the shop? Was it you? No. Jen? It was Jen. Ooh, what, ooh do tell, because I, I don't know the official story. Skid wouldn't tell me. Of course Skid wouldn't tell you, because it gets <laughs> it gives us, or takes away all of our glory. Okay. We need, we need the, I need the juicy gossip, man. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm like a valley girl. I need the, I need the gossip. <laughs> so, <laughs> there was one point where he and Jen... And for the viewers listening, or the listeners listening, Jen is my girlfriend. Um, they were playing a game of Commander together. Words were said, and he he crossed the line basically, and was you know calling her a piece of shit and a bitch and stuff like that. Which are you fucking kidding me? No, they, were you there? Were you there? I wasn't there. I was actually. Oh man, I was on my way back from class. I mean, I was doing sixty on Spring Hill Drive, trying to get there before he left. I would have flipped my shit, bro, if I was there. So, Jen oh, was man. like, you know, he, he should leave the shop. He should be kicked out of the shop. Well, it was, um, we had our EDH league going on, and I had just rotated out as a captain, so I became just a judge, you know, just yeah, help people out. And, um, I, I hear people complaining, and it's, um, I don't think you ever met them, but it was um, my friends that I used to play EDH with. A couple of them were there, um, and they were playing with them. And we had just incorporated the Cheats McGee rule because of this person. What's the Cheats McGee rule? Um, if you are caught cheating in any way, accidentally, non-accidentally, the game stops and you have kind of like an open forum in the game where it's like, okay, who, you know, this is what happened. This is what I caught you doing. You know, what's your excuse? Did you do it intentionally? You know, and it's, you know, it was yeah. civil. It was, I didn't mean to. I accidentally did it. You know, um, I, I'll make sure I won't do it again kind of thing. Well, he just sits there and denies it the whole time. And he's like, I'm not going to say I'm not going to. Oh, I get, to, I get to sound like him now. One sec. Oh, geez. No. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to do it. But, you know, I just, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Um, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> He's oh, making geez. excuses for himself. I didn't see it, so I was like, you know what? You know, why don't you guys just call off the vote to, and if, you know, you had a vote to see if they got kicked out of the game or not. So I told them, you know, it was up to them, but I didn't see a reason. I mean, this is the same guy that two or three days earlier said all this mean crap about my girlfriend. But in the interest of fairness, I had to, you know, as much as I wanted to kick him out, I didn't see it. Whatever. <clears throat> so, it was turn, we'll say it's turn six. And he had eight lands out with no land fetch. You know, no explosive vegetation, no sky shot claim, nothing. So they asked, you know, where did the extra lands come from? So he goes, oh, you know, I messed up. I didn't mean, you know, it's turn, whatever. I had two extra lands. I'm sorry. I just, I must have forgot. Put some back in his hand. I leave the table 
and turn around to kind of, you know, I leave to make, okay, I'm looking at somebody else. And I turn yeah. around to watch their game. I look at his lands. He's got nine lands out now. <laughs> so I woke up and I'm like, okay, now where'd these three extra lands come from? And he's like, oh yeah, that's right. He goes, I, you know, with all the, the stuff going on, I messed up and I, I must have, because he did have the three lands in his hand. Yeah. Or the two lands. And he, he must have just, you know, put them down, not realizing it happens. You know, you get flustered. You know, you're not really sure what's going on. I get it. So I'm like, all right. So I turn around, and then I hear one of the guys go, he just did it again, and he has 10 lands on the thing. <laughs> no, he has 10 lands out. He has 10 lands and the same amount of cards in his hand that he had the last four times I went back to check on him. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, you're you're cheating. And now his wife was the mousiest person in the world, wouldn't say anything, and there was something kind of with her, but that's neither here nor there. He's like, I would never do that. I would never put extra lands down. And his wife, the real MVP of this story, goes, but honey, you say you do that all the time because no one notices and it gives you a head up in the game. Oh, shit. (laughs) He's like, shut up, shut up. So, needless to say, everyone, I was like, all right, guys, call a vote. And they all voted to have him kicked out of the game. And then eventually, I mean, because, I mean, all that crap was going on with, like, cops showing up because they left their baby outside, you know, in the cold. What? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I knew they, oh, God. I can can tell you some stuff with when I only played with him and his wife once, but I'll tell you that after you're done here. (laughs) We're in the shop. And this female police officer comes in, and she's like, all right. She was, first off, I thought this was a prank phone call. Because I didn't think someone was stupid enough to leave their baby outside of a shop unattended at 11 o'clock at night when it's 40 degrees out. Oh, my God. Whose baby is this? <laughs> oh, man. They carted him out and everything. They're like, you're out of here. But apparently it was like the fourth time it happened. Dude, oh my god. So, I mean, and everyone, I mean, they were trying to cheat this. Uh, just overall, for everyone listening out there, if you do this, you're a bad person. <laughs> they wanted to adopt more kids so they could make more money off the government. Oh my god. And they, I, I, they weren't quiet about it. They weren't like, oh, we just really love kids. It was, we just want more money. And it's like, oh my god. You're seeing this out in the open. People hear you. Dude, that frustrates the fuck out of me. Yeah, I... Oh. Uh, and then playing games with them was just... Uh, he, he cheated constantly. He treated... Did you know his, his wife had to call him sir? Yes, I saw... Dude, I felt so bad for her. Because yep. I, I don't know if she was like emotionally abused or physically abused, but there, there was something going oh, yeah. on where you could just definitely tell. Um, the one time I played with them, I brought my Aloro deck and it was either before standard or maybe, or maybe I came in on a Saturday or Sunday or something and I didn't want to play with them, but they were the only ones there. <laughs> I've had a lot of things like that. Yeah. And, um, at one point, his wife accidentally knocked my deck down, and it wasn't at a you know malice or anything like that. She, yeah. it was an accident, and she had this like she freaked out, man. Oh, yeah. She, 
she she looked at her husband like he was gonna beat her or something like and she was just like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and it and she looked at him like can i help him pick up the cards and i'm like i'm like it's okay it's okay it, it's really okay yeah you know you know it, it's fine they're just cards you know whatever and oh my god man i felt so bad like i was just like like all the times that my wife and i have gotten to fight or anything and and if I ever felt like I treated her bad, it's then when I see what what's happening here, I'm just like, like, dude, there's something like seriously going on that she would yet, yeah, like you say, constantly call him sir, constantly like ask for his approval for everything, oh, yeah. and then and then be afraid to talk up or or say like, hey, can't we go home instead of spending twelve hours at a card shop? While the baby is crying and not wanting to be here? No, no, no. After this game. After this game. It's like, yeah, God. Dude, and he he completely cheated in my game, too, because I had... Um, <laughs> on, on top of being a crappy parent and a yeah. husband, he cheated in magic. Yeah, he, he cheated with me, and he... um, I forgot the freaking commander, but I was playing Aloro, and I had all my enchantments out. Where you know, like ghostly prison, sphere of safety, archangel of ties, you know, basically to where you you have to pay like ten mana just to attack me for one creature, mm -hmm. and he at oh god, what card was it? He 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 put down two lands. One of them was reliquary tower, and the other was like a basic land or something. And I caught him like, no, you can't put that reliquary tower down. I just saw you put a land down this turn. He's like, oh well, you know, why why are you going so hard on me, man? You know, I'm I'm just trying to play yeah, here. Yeah, I'm just trying to live Try my life, man. Just trying to play the game. Just trying to have fun. Yeah, yeah, just trying to have fun. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, no, please put the reliquary tower back. He's like, well, no, can can I keep that out and you know put the swamp back? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I'm just trying to have fun here. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my god, are you serious? I'm like, fine, keep the reliquary tower. And then he kills everybody else, and it's just me and him. And like I said, I got up to a point where you know he had to he had a shit ton of creatures out, but he had to pay ten mana for each creature, and he did some wacky ass math with his mana to where he was able to pay 10 mana for each creature to kill me and i'm just like you know what whatever <laughs> you, you, i'm done with this game <laughs> you got it <laughs> you win if it makes you feel good about yourself for cheating i don't care see this is i'm i'm on tapped out talking to people and whatnot as you know as doing this because multitasking is a thing yes you had what I'm going to call the original idea for five color god stuff between you and Skid, I mean, you guys yeah. had it. Um, there's a deck on here called five color god stuff that I thought was yours. Uh, it has 70,000 views and 205 comments, and it scores 217, which is high on all accounts. Holy shit. The deck dies. To a merciless eviction. <laughs> like. Uh, I'm sorry. That was that was just me interjecting. I I see this. <laughs> no, because like when you go on a tap out, you, you, it shows you like the top decks at that yeah. moment. And it's always on here. And I have tried to like really help this dude out and be cool with him about it. And everything is just he's, he's one of those guys that's if you. Like, he takes, I guess, not, it wasn't even necessarily criticism. He takes anyone really trying to, like, help him 
I mean, like, hey, this would be really cool in this deck. I guess he gets mad that he didn't think about it. And I'm thinking that's why it has such a high score and so many views, is because anyone who suggests something, he comes back with, like, these really rude, mean comments to him. And it's just... Good God. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's... It's mean. Oh, I, fa- I found the deck you're talking about. Yeah, this is totally me. I'm I'm this guy, and um, I've just been doing this the whole time. No, but um, <laughs> hold on, let me look at this deck real quick. It's probably a way better deck than mine. It's it's more focused. Yours is very flavorful when it comes. To, yeah, know. this is pretty much. I'm gonna play every god with all of like the uh, the Lorwyn avatars, like over being of myth and you know. Nip- yeah, I. I yeah, I have those too, um, and because I I call those the demigods. But um, yeah, he's actually playing like good cards, and I don't do that. Yeah, I I play flavorful cards in my god deck, and the only time it's won is when Skid played it. <laughs> he um, w- what did he do? I I forgot what he did, but he ended up mirror weaving, um, a creature and like killed me in one turn, with it. Uh, so. Yeah, mirror weave. I used to. I love that in Sig. I played a Sig deck that was like, oh, you cast a a Runescar Demon, and I've got like fifteen Merfolk on the field. <laughs> 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 Everyone's got a Runescar Demon now, except I've got fifteen of them, and you're yeah. all dead. Good game, G. Or I, what's really fun is when you do it with like a, a, a Lord of Atlantis. Because then you've got like fifteen, seventeen, seventeens. That's not or bad. fifteen, fifteen, fifteens. I think it's just like oh, that was actually one of my. If I didn't kill you with Sig because it was Voltron, because he's unblockable technically, <laughs> you just sit there and haha, you're taking a bunch of Murphos to the face. Yeah, that's funny. Got it. But um, <laughs> yeah. Go, going back to that um, couple real quick, d- at one point during that game, that the only game I ever played with him, <clears throat> um, he tried to hand me his baby, like, oh, hey, can you watch her for a little bit? I'm like, no. Oh, that's so, such awkwardness. Um, j- and, I, and I straight up told him, like, you also need to change your baby's diaper. Like, it's bad right now. It's obviously, it looks like she peed and pooped in it, and you can smell it. And he's just like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And then, were you there that one time? Uh, I think Jen and I were playing EDH, or so. And then he he was going on something, and she basically told him to like, "You really need to take your baby home, all right?" <laughs> yep. And she 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 was just saying she, and he says something like, "Oh, you know, you need to mind your own business." He's like, "No, you need to stop bringing your baby here and take her take her home." That's <laughs> yes. That, that was like. I can't remember if you were there or not, but it was just like, oh, Jen go had, Jen. Jen had to tell them that enough that I I was there for at least three of them. Yeah. I mean, there's one oh, part where man. he's like, he was he said something along the lines of like, you know, she attacks me because I'm like the best player at this table, right? And she's like, no, I keep hate you because <laughs> you're a bad person. And that's why I love her. No, no, wait, there she's, was another she's time... Actually, she's listening to me do this, and she's, like, cracking up right now, reliving <laughs> these memories. No, there was an- another time that I played with him, I remember, it was with you, 
And I can't remember who the fourth person was, but we all sort of agreed, like, all right, let's kill him as quick, quickly as we can. Oh, yeah. and, and then we'll play EDH. It, 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 <laughs> it might have been Corey. Corey was the uh, like the main person to start the, listen, we all hit yeah. let's end them. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and that's, another, that's, oh, that's, you know, one thing, and that's also commander mentality, though. That's why it's you have to always balance, like... Who you're cool with when you're playing Commander? Because if not, you just have the worst Commander experience ever. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just here to have fun. No, not happening, man. Yeah, it's cute that you're trying, but nope. No, it. Yeah, exactly. And um, there was, and and now I don't know if, if you've been to the shop lately. I've noticed that there's another type of people that are constantly bringing their kid there and just staying there for hours at a time that they look to be a younger couple though oh yeah 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 i um i played with uh with them kind of a hothead doesn't like losing to anything yeah he this is he's not very good either this is my hats off and i really hate being like this but if yeah. someone's the way that he is it's just i have to be he got crappy with me um, because I beat him. And he was oh, talking no. about how oppressive my deck is <laughs> and how no one... And I, I think I've told the story earlier, but I have to tell it again because you know who this person is now. Yeah. He was going on about how oppressive it was and how it just there was no way to beat it and it was stupid, and this is why he hated blue players, and he never, ever, ever wanted to see Ramirez de Pietro again. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. But, um... Yeah, I, I really hope this doesn't turn into another one of those that they keep the kid there all day, because it's like, seriously... I just, I see the look on, I, I don't know if it's his wife or girlfriend or something, and I just see her face, and she's one pissed off all the time, because it's like, she's like, let's go. It's like, no, just one more game, one more game. It's like, it's like, bro, come on. Yeah. You you have a kid. When, when I had it, when I had my kid, it's like, I pretty much stayed home and never went out at all, ever. It's like. And it, we were so lucky to ever get a babysitter. And when we did, my wife and I would just be like, run for the hills. Never look back. <laughs> yeah. We're not coming back until it's time for the babysitter to leave. And even then, we're not going to be happy about it. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's, if there's any listeners and you're a parent, don't bring your kid to the card shop and stay there for hours and play magic. If they're, you know, not able to play magic at all, it's, it's really selfish of you when you do it, and it's also really shitty of you as a parent to do that. You know? It's like, it. card shops are not daycares, and I hate when I see people treat them like it. Yeah, well, yeah. another thing too, though, is what happens is those same people that bring their babies to the card shops are the same people that drop their kids off to, like, GameStop while they go shopping at Walmart or something. Oh, wait, so you shouldn't do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's different. You raise respectable kids, yes, but come on, yeah. who, who actually does that anymore? Who who is time to actually train you know respectable kids? But it's like we have those like you know 
the four or five little hellion kids that go to our shop, mom and dad drop them off at, you know, the shop at 1230 and don't pick them up until, you know, one o'clock at night. And they're sitting there with, you know, 15 cherry sodas in their system bouncing off the walls going, you know, sex nuts and retard strong. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, I mean, there is nothing stronger yet more annoying than a 12 year old kid with like 10 Mountain Dews in them. Yeah. And I kind of know who you're talking about. (laughs) I can't be too mad at him because he's like my little brother. But yeah, I, I don't want to get into that because it's <sighs> because he's a listener and he he knows I'm talking about him. Oh, I don't even know if he listens to this, but I don't, I'm I'm up to like three listeners now, so it's it's pretty awesome. What way? Yeah, it's awesome. But um, oh man, yeah, it's magic is magic. That's that. I think that's what we're gonna learn here tonight. Yeah, that magic is magical, especially with EDH. It's I love how you describe it as a sandbox. I've never thought about it like that, because when you think of sandbox, you think of you know games like Grand Theft Auto or your open world games where there's like you can do whatever you want in the world. And right. EDH is exactly that. Oh yeah, you I mean you can. You know, it's if there is something you want to do in the game, you can do it. You know, and that's that was always my big thing. Like, you know, when we started playing, there was no commander, there was no EDH. There was you. Yeah. You wanted a deck that would do something, but I mean, you could have basically. I mean, kitchen table magic was really popular. You know, around that time because it was. I'm just going to put these really cool cards that I like together. They're going to do something silly, and if it works, awesome. If not, then, eh, oh, well, who cares? Can you remember your very first magic deck? Yes. What was it? My very first magic deck was a, I'm going to say probably 600-card gamalgam of every magic card I had together. That, why don't you play that now in Legacy? You'd probably win <laughs> tournaments hand over fist. You know, what's, what's sad is it probably <laughs> has... worth of cards in it. Wow. We've got to remember, I never played green. I was always a blue player. Um, Yeah. So my real, my first real deck in all honesty was just this weird kind of blue combo deck. Um, It revolved around Mind Over Matter, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, And I mean, this is before Temple Bell was even printed. So it was like Mind Over Matter and twiddle and things like that where you were just constantly tapping and untapping an artifact and you just you know brain geysered someone for 75 kind of thing <clears throat> kind of like a, a really convoluted very slow high tide deck um but what <laughs> sorry I, I lost my train of thought again i'm terrible at this uh, <laughs> no it's all right oh so yeah oh, i was saying I could have, you know, I started playing Urza's block. I never played blue, or I never played a green. I always played blue. So there was one card that I now, every time I see it, get angry. But I used to just throw it away. Because I'd get, you know, I'd probably had 15, 20 of these stupid things. 
this is when I really got into it. So, I mean, every Christmas, every one of my family bought me booster packs. You know, I got a box for Christmas. I got a box for my birthday. You know, it was just everyone in the family, all my friends, just knew to get me a booster box or pack or whatever. So, I, uh, I would always just throw away these really crappy green lands. And, um... Uh-oh. Am, am, yep. am I thinking what you think you're going to say? Yep, because I didn't play green. And all my friends played green. <laughs> and it was stupid, because who played creatures? I didn't play creatures. Creatures were dumb. But let's, Don't tell me you threw away Gaia's Cradle. I probably handed out more Gaia's Cradle than, like, a drug dealer hands out ecstasy at a friggin' Daft Punk concert. I <laughs> mean... Oh just, God, bro! I, mean, I had stacks of these stupid things that I would just throw away because I didn't play green. <laughs> oh man! So you can imagine my surprise when two years ago I went to go build a deck, and someone's like, "You should put Guy's Cradle in there," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that land. It was like a dollar." <laughs> I go to yeah, not so much. And I'm like, "Oh man." It's like a two hundred dollar land. I'm just gonna go ahead and cry. But that was uh but I mean I had a lot of moments like that. I mean so you win some, you lose some kind of thing. Like when I first saw Snapcaster Mage printed, it was like I'm gonna buy every Snapcaster Mage I can find. People were complaining because they were like twenty bucks a piece and I was like, No 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 no, you don't understand. I mean I had two play sets of foil Snapcaster Mages. And I sold them like last year, the year before. <laughs> it was like payday. Because foil snapcasters were like 120. And I bought them for oh, 40. So, I mean, tripled profit, or made triple on all of them, which was nice. Oh, yeah. But um, you know, then there's some that you look at them and you're like, I'm going to buy every single one of these because they're going to be worth a billion dollars one day. My biggest yeah, blunder was Exotic Orchard. When they changed Rule 7 of EDH, where it said that you can now produce color outside of your commander's color, I figured for sure Forgotten or Exotic Orchard was going to shoot up in price. Kind of like uh, Seedborn used it when Prophet of Crufix was banned. I was like, this is going to shoot up, I know it. And it, that day, like it was like a dollar card looked it up dollar went to go show it to skid it had already raised up to like three dollars went to oh, go buy shit. it it raised up to like six dollars and i'm like yes it's i mean this is like incredible so i bought like 10 of them <laughs> i bought everyone the shop had ask me how they're uh they're two dollars right now probably <laughs> oh no yeah. they yeah i think you're Henry right made a boom boom <laughs> Uh, we all do, man. It's um, uh, it's gonna happen. Yeah. So I mean, I was out sixty bucks. Thank God it wasn't like you know, hundreds of dollars on. Oh yeah. That you know, I wouldn't be here before you. I would be. Playing. Yeah, they're. Uh, you can get them foil for eight dollars. Oh man. But they're about four dollars. So I made a buck on them. You, you. I think you would do really well in Magic Finance. I feel like I would do terrible. <laughs> I feel like that was a, a cruel, cruel joke 
to make yourself feel better. Oh, dude, that's like when I when got a couple months ago got into you know the stock market and all that, doing some investing, and yeah, that's that that's that's almost even worse because you'll buy a stock, and as soon as you buy a stock, oh, it's gonna suddenly plummet down insanely. <laughs> And you're just like, well, shit, let me cut my losses. And two weeks later, oh, it's way back up. And if you would have just kept it, you know, you could have made, you know, $1,000 in profit. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I had one card that was actually profit. <clears throat> I was building. And I love this story because it's the only good story to come out of my old job. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's one of only two. I, um, I was working at Goodwill. I yeah. check donations and stuff like that. Oh, man, you lucky. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you how fun that was. And I was building an experiment Krage deck. Oh, I yeah. love him. And one of the, I mean, experiment Krage combos with about, yes, different cards. I mean, it's, <laughs> yep. it's harder to build him non-combo than it is to build him combo. I mean, I found this out the hard way. But one of the cards I really wanted for it was Bloom Tender. Boomtender is the elf. It's a two drop. You tap it for, um, you tap it for mana, and it adds like if you have um, a symbol from every color, it'll give you five mana. Oh shit! So in Kraj, she taps for two, which means you can put a plus one plus one counter on. In Kraj, will tap for two, and there's another creature that says pay two mana untap it to exile a top card of someone's library. So you just go go, 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 and you just machine gun people's cards away and mill them to death, technically. So that's that. Anyone feel like going um, to Walmart? So, Ooh, Walmart. Yeah, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So what, you found that in a I was, like donation or something? I was just cleaning out the little donation bins and I looked down and I see a magic card face down. And I'm like, wouldn't it be some wouldn't it be something if this was the card? You know, just joke around to myself. I flip it over, it's a mint condition bloom tender. I was like, this is the best day of my life. It's like no Come way. To find out, no at the way. time boom tenders are like thirty bucks a piece. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> Faux freezy. And that thing has been in so many of my decks. It's um I play a um a super loop or what I call the super loop deck. It's a, like a circle of life deck with horde of notions where yeah. it, it keeps constantly, um, recurring maelstrom wanderer. So I keep cascading over and over and over and over and over again, <laughs> God. but it uses, um, intruder alarm, which whenever a creature comes into play, you untap all creatures, bloom tender and horde of notions with, Maelstrom Wanderer, and then a sack outlet. I mean, it's it's kind of convoluted to get started, but just getting one or two of those pieces on the field is guarantees you a victory, essentially. So, with my general out, Bloom Tender taps for five mana. Well, my general's ability costs five mana. So, what you do is you, you know, get Maelstrom Wanderer in the graveyard, or cast them, whatever, get his two cascade triggers, sacrifice him to something, tap Bloom Tender to get the five mana, put him back into play, um, 
whatchamacallit, intruder alarm triggers on tapping bloom tender, and you just keep doing over and over and over. So you just, you cascade on top of cascade, on top of cascade, on top of cascade. And he gets everything haste, and then you've got, like, you know, like, rampage, or uh, pathbreaker ibex, and crater of behemoth in there, and just blow people out of the water. And just yeah. I mean, you can't cascade into crater of behemoth, but you can also generate so much mana by doing this that there's really... I mean, you just... I'm going to sacrifice Maelstrom Wanderer to Phyrexian uh, Altar 17 times, play my entire deck, and Crater <laughs> And it's... Oh my gosh. It's satisfying. One of, one of the generals I've always wanted to play was Maelstrom Wanderer. The only problem with him is he's just kind of good stuff. <laughs> That's... Oh, I see what you Yeah, mean. I mean, you, you just kind of play him... I mean, I played him... Unfortunately, I had him built, and I playtested him against Jen. And the first thing that came out was him, uh, Scourge of the Thrones, which is a dragon that gets an extra attack phase if you attack the person with the highest life total or tied for the highest life total. Yeah. And then a Tarka. <laughs> so I swung for, like, 40-something the first turn, and then my second combat phase, she was already dead, but I swung for, like, 44. <laughs> this is turn five. I was like, "Well, you, damn, yeah, I shouldn't man. build this deck." But he, <laughs> he's—I've always wanted to see someone play him like responsibly. He's kind of like the alcohol of magic, you know. <laughs> People don't play Maelstrom Wander responsibly, and it just leads to just degenerate shenanigans. But it's pretty cool. It's a, it's fun. So that's a that's a challenge to anybody listening is to build a Maelstrom Wanderer deck that does not go ham with one casting of Maelstrom Wanderer. Yeah, it's... Like I said, this just blows my mind with just how much craziness there is. Alright, unfortunately, man, I need to wrap this up. And um, it's been awesome talking with you. I mean, we've talked, geez, for four hours pretty much almost i don't know i mean yeah i i'm definitely gonna have to edit the podcast for some parts for when we are having technical difficulties but it was a lot of fun i i definitely want to do this again um do you have any shout outs you want to do or anything um or plug anything sure or? uh we'll do a shout out to colossal comics in spring hill florida we'll do a shout out to tappedout.net shout out to mtg salvation shout out to armada games in tampa florida shout out to mtgcommander.com. And of course, shout out to you, Mr. Zuby. Shout out to you. Oh, well, thank you. I feel very special. Well, all I've got to say is thanks again and have a great night, right, man. You too, bud. All right. Bye.